Um, it's pretty don't wild t- that HIPAA threw their hat in with, uh, you know, for hymns and uh, uh, HelloFresh and all this other bullshit. Excuse Wait, me? Wait, what? Oh, oh, it's our sponsor. Yeah. Brought to you by HIPAA. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank Until you. we can get that real sponsor What's money. What's It's like male enhancement sort of shit. Oh, but like, like the gas station? Yeah. Na- natural like get some get some motherfucking blue chew <laughs> yeah by, by natural do you mean blood because that that's know. usually the cause of an erection i don't <laughs> it's yeah. just blood it's just, it's just a vial full of i really got gotcha. <laughs> it's just a vial full of penile sponge is all it really is <laughs> episode 10 recorded september 23rd 2021 um, I, I, I mean, I just, Listen, I just, a work spouse is a very normal thing for a hospital. One of my work wives is Nikki. I have lots of work wives too. The work harem. Nikki, Paula. Are there any, do you have any close male? For, do, are you allowed to have more than one? Do you have more than one male work spouse? No. So you have but, a monogamous. But I do think that there might be male nurses working there that might claim me as a work spouse, but I don't want them. Are there any close male workers that are not work spouses? I mean, I have a lot of. Is it just acquaintance and work spouse? Is there no in between? No, there's definitely in between. The thing with nursing and like what we're going through specifically to work booty call, but no, I mean to be clear, there there are there's a whole subset of people who just actually fuck each other. I was gonna say there is there's definitely people that are fucking each other at work, and I want to be very clear that I am not um, having sex with people outside of my marriage, nor do I want to. I don't think you have you ever had sex at the hospital. No. Okay. I can say that confidently. Okay. I have never had sex at any hospital. Confidently, I have made confident sex. Extremely well. I'd like to introduce everyone to my actual spouse, my spouse, spouse, my home spouse, my wife, spouse, my legal spouse. Uh, that's Allison right there, the one who has the the sp- the work spousal harem going on. Well, the reason that I have work spouses and the reason that all nurses and healthcare providers like us have work spouses is because we're actively going through trauma together and sometimes you bond you trauma bond i i I mean i feel like robert and i have been through a lot of trauma together and i've never once felt like you know what we need to make this matrimonial but what i am hearing is that if i'm interested in uh in engaging in marriage that i need to engage in trauma first (laughs) No, just yeah. Is that the basis of our marriage? <laughs> no, is that the what prerequisite? The fuck? Like, I... Oh well, we we went through trauma outside of work, so you get to extramarital get, trauma. Yeah, what... you get to keep the cow. You know what I mean by that is that like when you when when you, when you go through trauma together in a hospital setting, you bond really quickly with people. Like to. It doesn't the, the the spousal stuff is more just like a funny lighthearted like surf superficial joke, but going through trauma together like you you guys have seen shit together like immediately so you're like yeah we're friends now like yeah and so there's not a there's not a nice word in between friend and spouse 
that, that like there's not a I nice there's not a nice word because it's more it's not like I don't I'm not friends with them outside of work. Right. I'm trying to make a legitimate like observation oh, okay. here. I'm not trying to give you shit, but like there's not there's not a good word in between friend and spouse that that sort of that sort of indicates this like we're friends, but we've been through the shit and we're really fucking bonded. Yeah, you yeah. know, there's not a good word because we're that. not besties. No, just, I don't you know. call them when I'm not there. I don't need to see, like, I've had enough. But one time, <laughs> like, when Much I like see, marriage. but when I see them at work, I'm like, thank goodness you're here. I trust you. Yeah. Like, you develop, you know, you can walk into a room with 10 strangers, run a code, and walk out with five best friends and five people that you never want to talk to again because you either. Right. So, yeah, because you, you'll, you know, and I guess that's kind of like, that sort of seems as I as I hear you talk about your job a lot, that there's not a lot of time for catty bullshit and, no. and politics because y'all are having to actually do things. So Right. I've said the sentence out loud, don't be a dick, this guy's dying and we need to work faster. Like that's right. <laughs> and and I as someone who worked in sort of you know high school education and call it higher education as well that nothing we're doing is ever that urgent so there's always time for bullshit for like cattiness you, or yeah i think there's gossip there's this quote that i heard that the reason that the knives that in academia the reason that the knives oh my god this is it's a really complicated quote hold on give me a second so in academia the reason that the knives that stab you in the back are so sharp is because the stakes are so low. Is like the idea. <clears throat> the stakes are so low. Low. Yeah, because nothing's fucking happening. You're not saving anyone's life, <laughs> you know? But like the competition, but who, who I gets to be I thought it was supposed to be a play on word with like a meat steak. Wrong steak. <laughs> Wrong steak. Uh... But yeah, any, anyway, you don't work. So people have more time to sharpen the knives <laughs> to, yeah. when they do the stabbing. Uh, yeah. yeah. Our okay. knives are Got like it. paper plates. <laughs> we don't have time for that shit. Yeah, yeah, y'all are, you know, because while you're busy being mad at somebody, you've, oh, someone else is attractively trying to die, and I really... I really need you like, to I, hold this person's brains inside of their head. Like, I, I hate you, but I need your help. <laughs> Get in right. here and do something. Right. And, and and so few of us have the the opportunity to have that gift of an experience of, I it hate is, you, but I need your help. It is kind of unique because at the end of the day, you're all trying to accomplish the same goal. Um, you are. We are trying to keep people alive. So it's it's just... The truth of it is, and, and for to be a little more serious, the truth of it is, is that you just get to, you feel really comfortable with people really quickly because you're going through, even pre-COVID, like when you, when you care for people that are dying together, you just, you bond and it's just for whatever reason, it's just really easy to be like, well, let me tell you my entire life story and you will tell secrets to people, especially when you work on night shift because you get really punchy. Like, you will tell secrets to people that you would never tell ever to anyone, but you'll tell them to this person you've worked with for six hours and then leave feeling like you have a new best friend and then you won't see them again for, like, eight days. And then you see them at work again and, like, 
everything's just normal. I don't know. It's also, it seems like there's also kind of a, there's a permission to get close in a way because they're going to fucking go away. Like you're going to, you know. Right. You get to leave. You get to go back to your like normal lives. And like you're there for 12 or 13 hours. So like sometimes you're just like, hey, I got to go take a shit. I'll be right back. Like nobody cares. Like everyone has to poop sometime in 13 hours. Like there's not a lot of privacy. There's not time to yourself. You all eat together. You Y'all don't have the luxury to care about that kind of stuff. No. Yeah. And I kind of like it. Kind of breaks down the walls of people really quickly, and you get to know who is there for what reasons, and you find your people really quickly, I think. Yeah. I bet it's pretty liberating in a sense, and but also pretty, uh, like you said, makes everybody everybody pretty honest in a way. Yeah. When when this last COVID surge, with our third COVID, COVID surge, and we had a whole huge batch of travel nurses, um... They've been there like a week, and I already had ones that were my favorites, and we're still friends now, and they've been gone for a couple months. Like, you mm. just you make friends really quickly. Mm. Just to clarify, what is a travel nurse? Oh, it's a nurse that takes a contract with a third-party agency um, during a time of crisis when hospitals are really short-staffed, and the agencies are paid by the hospital. They take a small cut themselves, and then they pay the travel nurse a lot of money generally, especially in COVID times to come and work a short contract, usually somewhere between six and 13 weeks at a hospital that is not their home hospital. And during like the worst COVID surges, the last 18 months, some travel nurses were making like 10, 15 K a week at certain hospitals. I have a lot of friends that have paid off their houses and got a huge steaming side dish of, trauma and right. PTSD <laughs> to go with it. So mm-hmm. and, and 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 you have all that and And I didn't even get a travel contract. Yeah, right from home. <laughs> it's right here in my own backyard. Yeah. <laughs> home is where the trauma is. Yeah, from the from the unsafety of your own backyard. Um there's there's locums tenums jobs for healthcare providers, hey, which is excuse me, did you have a stroke? No, I said locums tenums. So what? <laughs> it is. Are you summoning a demon? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I depends think on I, the tenums. <laughs> which which tenums are we talking about here? It sounds like I think that you're. Tr- I think the demon has already been out. I think you're trying to put it back. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Locum's Tenums is just a comic. It's a jerk. Sounds like a nineteen forties like comic strip. Locum's Tenums. Locum's Tenums. <laughs> right there next to Family Circle and Heathcliff. Nombre Ducatos. Temporary positions for like mid-level providers and physicians. Or like a white zombie. There's a yeah, lot sort of, of there's a lot of Latin in medicine. That's, I don't know what to tell you. And and in satanic rituals. <laughs> yep. What do you think we're doing in the hospital? <laughs> oh well, at least she said it. <laughs> now, truth is out. You heard it right here. You heard it right here. Nurse practitioner confesses to doing satanic rituals while administering while refusing to administer ivermectin. Mm-hmm. And insisting on vaccines. Well, what, was the, what was the new thing? You're gargling uh, iodine. Iodine. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I don't. That's allowed. We can do that. Definitely not satanic. I don't care. Just don't come and see me after you do it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> gargle whatever you want to gargle. You, yeah, do whatever you want. Yeah, of course. Just yeah. don't do it at my hospital. Don't like. Don't. 
I did have don't a pa- fuck with my finite resources. I did have a patient who um, had COVID and was unvaccinated, and they overdosed on ivermectin prior to arriving to the hospital. Um, and because of that overdose of ivermectin, the patient had seizures and was much more unwell than some of the other patients. Almost like hmm. almost like the ivermectin didn't interesting help. Thought-provoking, really. I mean, it is anecdotal <laughs> at best. Yeah, yeah. You know, one person who could you can extrapolate that liver out, failure yeah. and renal failure, which to be fair are also common with severe COVID. Um, the mm, patient mm. did die. Did also have severe COVID and died. He's mm. they're, so they're, they are dead. This uh, podcast is brought to you by HIPAA. <laughs> I said they the whole time. <laughs> True. <laughs> No just, violations. Yeah, just wanted to have a gentle reminder because I don't want to have to do a lot of work editing things. Fair enough. <laughs> um, it's pretty wild that HIPAA threw their hat in with, uh, you know, for hymns and uh, f- uh, HelloFresh and all this other bullshit. Excuse Wait, me? Wait, what? Oh, oh, it's our sponsor. Yeah. Brought to you by HIPAA. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank Until you. we can get that real sponsor What's money. For hymns? It's like male enhancement sort of shit. Oh, but like, like the gas station. Na- natural like get some get some motherfucking blue chew yeah by, by natural do you mean blood because that I that's usually the cause of an erection i don't it's yeah. just blood it's just, it's just a vial full of i really got you it's just a vial full of penile sponge is all it really is Gee. yeah that really got me i really did i was just imagining like someone just like you know, like yeah like here's some fucking blood from somewhere shoot it into your dick asshole what are you a coward <laughs> this is how dicks work what do you need a pill to get hard what's wrong with you you child <laughs> just take this blood and shoot it into your dick just don't read those instructions backward. Don't shoot it into your asshole, comma dick. Or don't or don't take the blood that's already in your dick out of your dick. We're mm-hmm. trying to put more blood in your we dick. We have to do that uh, sometimes. Because they're too hard? Well, when I say we, that's a loose term. It it is a common emergency. Common. I don't know if it's common. Anecdotally. <laughs> it's 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 definitely an emergency. Priaprism. That's what it's called. When mm-hmm. you have an erection lasting, I think, longer than four hours. That's what the commercials tell me. Okay. <laughs> um, you stick a big needle in it and drain the blood out. That's the solution. <clears throat> the only way out is through. But I I thought those worked by thinning your blood. Is that no, it's case? a vasodilator. So it enlarges the blood. It, it enlarges the blood vessels, giving them more chance to be engorged. That's the word. Mm. Like, oh my God. I'm really glad we chose not to video everything today. Let's start over. Let's turn the cameras on. Turn the cameras on. That is the word. That is the word. Engorged. Uh huh. <sighs> Fucking so. <clears throat> So like so, there's been instances. <laughs> like like so, what happens? What happens if you Google here? Someone 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 take one for the team here and Google. I've probably already Googled it. My like <laughs> my like my dick won't stop being hard. Like oh, what do I yeah. do? Because I'm not googling that. Because someone had to. Someone try. Like I'm just imagining that being this person that that when WebMD fails them. 
because they're now at hour two and a half. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, maybe WebMD says, all right, if your erection lasts longer than four hours, you need to go to the fucking hospital. I think that, I don't think they're sitting there like passively with an erection. I think that it's painful. And so I think that the pain <laughs> drives them <laughs> to the, I, I do. I mean, do you want me? Uh, the rest of you just shrivels as you're, yeah. <laughs> like it just, there. so the answer is, yeah, like when you don't go to WebMD yet, you go to, well, I guess it's shut down now, but you go to Yahoo Answers or, mm. or Quora. You know? Ask oh, Jeeves. Quora. Or yeah, maybe ask Jeeves. That's still around. Jeeves knows. He's probably taking Jeeves. Is... <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, a lonely he can butler. Sp- he can speak from experience. Yeah. Now, are these things that happen whenever people take too many dick pills? Is, is, there, is there an instance of this happening without the presence of dick pills? Probably. I don't know why, though. I'm asking, I'm trying to ask the professional. Um. You're busy. You're Googling. You're doing yeah. research. I am, and I'm- You're doing I'm, your own research right now. I'm upset about it. I wish I hadn't. Well, it's all in the, all for science. Uh, but yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I-, I... Priapism, priapism, priapism. It's a prolonged erection of the penis, usually without sexual what arousal. What else would it be an erection it's of? unwanted and persistent- Oh, you can, you can have an erection of, like- The pinky? Hair, the hair, ear? The nose? Of a hair follicle, erection just means straight up. Straight up, bro. <laughs> you can have erect. You can have erect nipples. Yeah, that's true. You can have erect hair. What do you think goosebumps are? You can have erect follicles mm. of anything. I've never, I've never like felt you goosebumps. Erect, you erect a building. I've never like looked at having goosebumps and been like, you know what? This is a lot like having. This is a lot like being horny. I am so Listen, this is just right this is just the word. Just a fucking hundred tiny dicks here on my forearm. You can have an erect posture. Yeah, I understand. I mean, that. No, people don't use that word a lot, but you erect a structure, you like whatever. No, no, no. People yeah, use yeah, that yeah. word where it should be used. So I used to I mean, let's not get into too many details here, but I used to work adjacent to an insurance agency and we got a lot of company names on lists. And the number of companies who are named something like huge steel erectors. And shit like that, <laughs> astronomically high. People know what the fuck they're doing when they name their what, companies. What's important about this? But is this th- isn't a. But this, this, what we're talking about is not what this is. Everything we're saying is true. But this is in a subset of this condition. Prioprism was that what it's called? Priapism. Priapism. <laughs> so listen, in your mouth. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> The important things about it are that it's typically unwanted and persistent. Like you didn't, it, yeah. like, it's not due to sexual arousal, most commonly. Um, it may occur spontaneously, which sounds real unfortunate. It sounds it sounds uh, well, like junior high. Or, yeah. or from no that, but that's still sexual arousal. You just don't want it. In a sense. But like, or from certain antidepressants or erectile dysfunction mm. drugs, just like we were talking. Yeah. My favorite part of this is the like bullet points. It is treatable. Great news. Usually self-diagnosable. <laughs> Doc, you gotta you gotta tell me. I, really like I don't know. Lab- is this hard? <laughs> there here goes. Lab tests not required. It says short term. And it is an emergency. It's a it's a medical emergency because if you if you don't fix it, your penis might fall off. Yeah, just clean off. Well, I mean, you not got, like you hearted yourself. You hearted your dick off. Not like an icicle or something, but like <laughs> you can cause ischemia to the tissues. 
What's ischemia? Lack of oxygen. Okay. Oh. Not eczema. Eczema is a rash. Skin rash disease. Yeah, not related. Not related. Um, Why are we talking about <laughs> erections lasting longer than four hours? Because I brought up dick pills. Uh, well, I brought a male enhancement. I don't know if that's the same thing as erectile dysfunction. Oh, yeah, because you're talking about sponsors. Because I'm talking about sponsors in yep. HIPAA. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, and you were talking about ivermectin and, and it not doing much of all of anything for mm-hmm. this for this particular patient <clears throat> is what you were talking no, about. No, th- that patient is quite dead. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, well, so anyway, here we are. <laughs> We're sponsored by the Grim Reaper herself here to, to announce that all of my patients are dying. So in this ray of sunshine, uh, here's my wife. It's me. So uh, this is sort of a little follow-up to, we did an episode a few weeks ago, just sort of talking about what it's like to be a nurse practitioner. So if you want more of that, or you should probably listen to that yeah, first yeah. before you listen to this, because we're just going to kind of pick out where we left off um, and whatnot. And so, Allison, hello. Yes, hi. And Robert. I'm Robert. I am a uh, completely inexperienced medical non-professional. Do not take any of my advice seriously. And and yet, and yet, given given that lack of experience, you still find it plausible to and and i dare say even easy or expected to believe what medical professionals say yeah well i'm uh the very definition of a sheeple i just i do what i'm told i see uh at any cost to my own personal enjoyment or or benefit and does that make you uh i feel like that's what makes you such a good uh computer programmer and a good artist good you know Mm -hmm. good guitarist is you know so it makes you what makes you so creative is uh you just do what you're told right yeah uh yeah pretty much yeah pretty much pretty much like if like if somebody who knows a whole lot about something tells you their opinion about what you should do to how to fix the thing that you don't know a lot about but they know a lot about you're like yeah okay well, if they know a lot about it, then I begin to suspect them. Because then you can never know who's, you know. I mean, I was going to call you a pushover who, if you who, just believe people that know a lot about stuff. Who told them all those facts? Facts? Come on. Yeah. I mean, at a certain instance, the only way that you're able to know things is through institutionalized knowledge. And knowledge is dead imagination. It's not alive. It's impure. And so What is all live imagination? Things, See that that's the kind of things that lead you <laughs> down the. Uh, so you think like that, that and you're going to be a you're going to be a sheep. Listen, <clears throat> I just thought of something that doesn't have anything. to this do with This is all any bullshit. Just to be clear. Yes. Yeah. No. Listen to medical good. professionals. Listen yeah. to yeah. And, and that, the, the that, experts know what they're doing generally. I mean, to circle back around. Don't listen to anything I just said, and much less any of us other than also Allison. a disclaimer. This podcast is not meant to be medical advice. If you have a medical question, please contact your primary care provider and or seek emergency care especially if you have an erection lasting longer than four hours yes go to yeah. webmd at least don't i mean stay WebMD's away from Yahoo fine, but uh, if you're not going to go to the doctor at least go to webmd uh, sure 
<laughs> I mean, better, better, go web to the doctor. M- better WebMD than than YouTube, you know. But and yeah, yeah, mm. that's true. That that's true. Better than like Siri. Well, I don't know if she can. Help. I, I I don't know Siri. I've never talked to Siri on my phone. I, it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, I don't like that either. Um, Alexa, neither. I'm not discriminating. We are not an Alexa household. Um, I don't need. I don't. I don't want all that. But what I wanted to bring up very. This is a very random left field thing, but I just think it would be interesting for the three of us to talk about it. It doesn't really have anything to do with COVID, which is kind of why I'm sitting here, but it does have to do with medicine and mm-hmm. medical treatments. I saw a billboard on my way home yesterday and it said a trip worth taking. And it's an advertisement for psychedelic therapy. And I felt uh, like I had just—I felt huh? like I had just jumped like twenty years into the future. Like I felt like this was like a scene from like Blade Runner or something. And I was like, "What is that?" Yeah, like, like I was amazed. What was the th- was it like microdosing or? I, I I wasn't sure. I I didn't. It was like it was at the junction of six ten and West Park Tollway, right when you like are kind of mm. getting on, and uh-huh. I was talking to you and yelling about all the dead covid patients and i looked up and i was like what is that because the, the the word trip was in like a rainbow pattern and so i thought it was like an lgbtq kind of billboard but then i saw mm-hmm. the psychedelic therapy thing on it so next time i drive by i'm gonna huh. look closer but I, I i was astonished i was like how is that here and we still don't have medical marijuana in houston like what is right. going on so before before we riff on that i want to preface it by saying uh, go and listen to the Conspirituality podcast, and there's some specific episodes. Maybe they'll be a sponsor. That would be a. Would I don't be... think that podcasts sponsor other podcasts like that. They have a pop in Patreon. They don't need anybody's help. <laughs> um, but those guys, because one of them had actually written a book about psychedelic, like psychedelic therapy and whatnot, a few years ago. Anyway, uh, those guys tow a really, really. They're doing some really great work and they tow a really great line of where they're they're all yoga instructors and come out of that health and wellness community, but they're but they're pro science and evidence based health and wellness. Yeah. And so they uh <clears throat> so anyway, there's a few episodes or a, some old an older episode where they sort of riff on this idea. So if you want like actual information and not just speculation, go listen to those guys. <clears throat> because yeah, they, I don't know anything about well, any of that. Not not I don't know good information about right, it. Right, because what they talk about a lot, some of the things that they talk about is that you're going to have you're going to have problems. Because yes, psychedelics can do good things, or at least they're just, they're not inherently harmful, right? Like that's really it. It's, it's, it's not necessarily that they're guaranteed to give you good things. It's just that they're not inherently harmful. But what those guys talk about is that some psychedelics are not meant, they don't fit into a capitalist model because you're not meant to keep taking them. Like you do them once and then you're like, all right, cool, I'm good for a while and that and so that's why and so hard they, to build a business off of that right so they're they sort of they sort of almost issued it almost the tone was almost like a warning like get ready because this shit's coming you know and so i don't know man i'm <clears throat> that whole that whole trip 
<laughs> is a. Uh... I mean, this says you can do six sessions of ketamine for about six grand. Is that did, what did you? It's a Texas Monthly Reporter uh, thing from a couple months ago, uh, saying the the rise of uh, psychedelic therapy in Texas. Listen, I think that's really interesting that it's ketamine because we're using that for. Um... MDMA seizure as well. and pain control in our ICU, and I happen to really love the drug ketamine. Not as a user, but as a provider. I've never Thanks. experienced it myself, but it is an amazing um, anesthetic. Yeah, because it's a yeah. what do you what do you call it? A disassociative it's a disassociative drug. Yeah. Um, it's really good for pain control. Uh, it's really good for seizures. That's what we have it approved for at my institution. Um, it's cheap, it's available, and what I like about it best as a critical care provider is that it doesn't typically drop a blood pressure. So, like, if you are taking mm. propofol mm. or a narcotic or something, it tends to lower your blood pressure because they act as vasodilators. And I'm not familiar enough with ketamine to know it's, like, pharmacokinetics as well as I know other ones. But I know that when I give it, it's not dropping my patient's blood pressure. And I think it's one of the reasons that it's used a lot in kids as well. Um, mm. Paramedics like it a lot. EMS providers like it. I don't know. I think it's the fucking future, and I wish that we could use it more. Um, when you say they like it a lot, it carries a different connotation than what you mean. But... I know. It does. <laughs> I understand what you're when, saying. When, we, when, when, a, when a healthcare provider says they like a drug, it's not because we're <laughs> using it. It's because we like that it helps our patients in yeah. a safe way. Um, not to be a bummer, but that the young boy that was killed had like the heart attack or something like that. Yeah. Wasn't he giving ketamine? He was. A drug at, at a dose much higher than his body weight allotted for. Mm. Um, I mean, there still is weight limits to things. There still is an right. anesthetic limit right. to something. Um, and to be extremely clear, when I talk about giving high doses of ketamine, I am doing it for patients that are on a ventilator. And I am supporting their blood pressure with other drugs. I am breathing for them. I am monitoring them closely. Right. When ketamine is administered in an emergency situation, it's usually used for an intubation, which is when you put mm. somebody on a ventilator and put a yeah. breathing tube down their throat. It's gotcha. used as a drug. It's used for general anesthesia. I understand what you're saying. <clears throat> not frequently used as just a sedative or something like yeah. that. Like right. you said, emergency situ situation, like exactly. dire circumstances. Exactly. Right. And in the case of that boy in Colorado, um, from what I read, they used it like 10 times over his weight. Jesus Christ. And I don't, without even opening the door to all of that, there wasn't even like a reason for it, which wow. made it even just more just powerfully upsetting. Cowboy on the ketamine there. I mean, like, you don't just, you can't just sedate people because they're angry. Like that's a chemical, sure. we call it a chemical restraint in the hospital. That's what right. we call it. Mm -hmm. And I only chemically restrain a patient as a healthcare provider when they are in danger of harming themselves or others. Mm -hmm. And I'm fairly certain that the people who administered that drug to the kid who we're talking about were not in danger yeah, from him. Sure. And as, as far as I can recall, I think that there was actually some charges filed recently Good. I'm, against I'm, those. I'm blanking on his name. I didn't hear about that. Um, you, I'm pretty sure you did. You did. No, he I was... 
Well, I, I feel bad for not being able to remember his name right now, too. Um, it happened in Colorado. I it believe, did. Right? Yeah, it was um, an African-American kid. Hmm. Colorado kid. It's like, not Brian or something. No, like, Kevin. Elijah McLean. That's it. Hmm. Brian. What the fuck am I thinking? <laughs> what are you thinking? <laughs> Stupid names. Um, but you, you brought up sorry, some th- Brian's. <laughs> yeah. You, you brought up some things in there that I want to that I want to ask you about and pick apart in a second. Okay. Um, but before we do that, um, I wanted to put a pin in the sort of the psychedelics thing. Um, uh, so I have pretty limited experience with psychedelics, but I have a lot of experience with people who have done psychedelics. And my my personal my personal experience with it is that I don't because people like to talk about it giving you you know like you learn things on psychedelics and whatnot uh, is how a lot of people sort of sell it. Hmm. Now I'm not talking about sort of legit whatever that means therapeutic scenarios and whatnot controlled settings yeah monitored. So yeah, I'm talking about people doing their own mushroom ceremony or whatever. Yeah. And <laughs> sounds like a bad recipe. And so I had like I accidentally smoked some pot one time that a pa- that so had supposedly had acid. I don't even know if that's a real thing in it. Or if that's a real thing. Laced. I think yeah. it can yeah. be. I think yeah. it okay. can be like totally. laced with okay, LSD cool. and stuff. So and 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 I had and and I had like an ex- the experience I had was very it was sort of a sense of emotional clarity it wasn't necessarily pleasant but it allowed me to see a situation very very clearly which gave me conviction to make the right decisions later whenever i sobered up and the coming weeks it was with a breakup and whatnot um but the thing is is that i already knew that going in and that's sort of my my hot take on psychedelics is do psychedelics really teach you anything that you don't already know or I mean, feel It's not or like believe? you're going to come out of a psychedelic trip knowing like calculus that you've never taken. Right. Yeah. The idea that it quote unquote teaches you something. It sounds more like it just reveals or yeah. opens your, it your maybe... mind to an idea that's maybe you've been suppressing. Yeah, yeah. It might like maybe it quiets the bullshit. Like maybe exactly. kinda, sure. you know, like the fog whatnot. sort of goes away, it like drops the veil a little bit. Right. You like could when... you could also just exercise really hard. <laughs> maybe. Well, I'd like well, a lot of times when people get like really drunk, they become like people they start saying stuff that they're actually thinking. They become like very honest. Mm-hmm. Maybe, and I can't say because I've never tried like a psychedelic, but maybe it kind of like does that internally for you like you just are more open to your own ideas of what right and you actually feel and i mean the people that i know who've who've done them a lot the the they didn't really they haven't really changed much in the time that i've known them and why would you do that like like a lot like they don't don't do it a lot but like yeah i mean i I get like it, it it i guess at at best at best, it can give you some clarity about some hard decisions that you need to make. And at worst, it probably just does what anything else will do, which is prop up your own bullshit. I do I do recall reading some evidence that there is positive effects for like PTSD mm-hmm. and things like that, because maybe it kind of helps you. 
I don't know. I feel, yeah, I feel like a fucking quack. Yeah, I was yeah. Like, this yeah. is a conversation I feel like I should be having because uh-uh. <laughs> I just don't have any experience. But yeah. but uh-huh. I, I I guess the long and short of it is is that I am not against that kind of therapy. I think that it's interesting. Yeah. And if it's done in a safe and monitored way where the person taking the medication feels safe, there's no reason that we shouldn't because a lot of right. the drugs I give in a hospital, like ketamine or like any of these other stuff, can have a very profound effect on you. Totally. I've been given drugs in a hospital setting that made me feel absolutely horrible. Um, I'll never forget when I was in the hospital with some acute pain due to a dying fibroid while I was pregnant with my son, and they gave me a drug called Stadol. Let me tell you about Stadol. That shit fucks you up. <laughs> I will never take Stadol again. What is it? It It's a narcotic, and it's an old drug, and it's safe when you're pregnant, so they like to use it because it doesn't cross the placental barrier. Um, as soon as they gave it to me, I felt as though I had drank about two bottles of wine instantly. Whoa. I felt very drunk, and I still had the pain. <laughs> So it was not. Yeah, I mean, it's not good. It's kind of like a crapshoot for every individual person, right? Sure, because some patients respond really well to certain things, and sometimes they don't. And not just Um, like allergies, but like just no, absolutely, yeah. And I mean, drug allergies in reality are pretty rare. Right. Most of the time that people talk about being allergic, quote unquote, to a drug, it's usually that they just don't tolerate it well. Like it gives them a lot of nausea, or it gives Mm. them a very bad headache, which are generally just side effects allergic in a very like general sense yeah. to them and i can talk to you all day about morphine fentanyl dilaudid propofol bursad ketamine i can talk to you about those things but i cannot talk to you about like mdma or right, like yeah. other things like that and there are some people that do know a lot about that right and i, I guess like i don't want it to sound like i'm shitting i absolutely I, don't have a fucking problem with anybody doing any of these things yeah. no i don't either i don't either i just don't um, know anything about it right. and i don't feel like i can talk smartly right. about it that's where it. i'm coming from too yeah. Yeah, yeah i i've had the the very a very limited experience of of people of people talking about these things as replacements for therapy as replacements for um you know, other medicines and, and replacements for other things. And, and sort of like, this is talking about these things like they're nature's medicine and real in a very like heightened sense mm-hmm. of that, you know, like, no, I don't need to, I'd like, I don't need to reflect on my past or I don't need to go talk to a therapist. Um, I just need to do a mushroom ceremony and that's going to set me right. And, and that I think is kind of bullshit. That sounds like you're scared to confront yourself. Yeah. It sounds like you're scared to hear what a therapist might have to say to you. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then the language that's Because I don't it, always like what my therapist says, but... That's what they're there for. Yeah, but that's why I pay her money. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and, uh, and the language that surrounds those things a lot is often sort of in a very... It's all in this, like, language of growth and all these types of things. But all the people that I have known... Like, the people I know... the that have grown the most are not those people <laughs> mm. um, in the past few years. The people that I know who have grown the most are, the, are people who stay, who just by happenstance stay very far away from those things. So it's not. I'd like to think of something like that with my very limited knowledge. I'd like to think of it as a really great adjunct to other treatments that you're doing for something like trauma or PTSD or severe depression or severe anxiety. I think that there are things that are 
you know, depression, anxiety, PTSD, those kind of illnesses are so like if you have high blood pressure, I've got kind of like six or eight choices about how to treat it. Right, because it's like a mechanical problem. Right, like depending on like your age, your race, and your other comorbidities. But if you're suffering from like severe PTSD, I'll take everything in the garage to like try and figure out how to help you. Right. And so, but I don't think that you can, I don't think that there's any, any mental illness in the world where you can say, you need nothing else except X. And I don't yeah. I don't think there's any oh, yeah. Yeah. anything where it's like you only need this one thing because do you need sunshine when you have depression? Yes. Do you need to stay hydrated? Yes. Do you need to avoid your triggers, whatever those are that are present? Yeah. I'm just I'm going off on a very Which is like everything else, it's a balance. It's a... Yeah, right. like yeah. there's there's no simple solution to anything, which is why the conspirituality podcast is so useful because conspiracies <laughs> are generally simple solutions. Mm, yeah, and, right. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, with uh, like whenever I was having my my bipolar issues and whenever I was on medication, I never made tangible pro progress until I had until the medication was combined with counseling. Mm. You know, consistent weekly one on one counseling. I needed both. Uh, one by itself wasn't enough. Right, and so I needed, I needed the medication to sort of dial everything down to turn the volume down, um, so that I didn't feel like dying all the time or being impulsive, or the, so that I could get out of bed, you know. But I also needed someone to sort of sit with me and and help me see my own patterns and see my own. And the thing too is you need to, if you're going to have a therapist, if you're going to go see a therapist, you really need to commit, I think, this is my experience, to seeing them for several, several weeks. I thought you were going to say years. I don't know about that. <laughs> but Weeks, for sure. Because I didn't talk, start talking about the real shit, in my experience, I didn't start talking about the real shit until like fourth third or fourth week sure. i was gonna say week sure. three or four yeah you know the first three weeks i was just i was just saying the same bullshit i say to everybody like it was just like mm -hmm. just a, you know it was just like oh yeah hit that number on the jukebox you know <laughs> so it takes a while to kind of peel back those layers i think so right but yeah couple that shit yeah but. when when my mom died i at the oh my uh, god your mother died yeah she's gone Sorry, I'm being a sarcastic ass. Uh, I am too. Your mother died like Gallo's five, humor is like five top years. notch. Yeah. Your mother just died like five. Mom and a half is years very ago. dead. Thank goodness she didn't have to deal with this COVID bullshit and she didn't have to see Trump's presidency. But I digress. Oof. Um, when my mom died, uh, a few weeks after I came out of the fog, uh, my husband here next to me suggested that maybe I should talk to somebody, and I found my therapist, Nancy, who was died. I don't know. I mean, she really clarified a lot of things for me. She let me talk about a lot of stuff with my mom. And then she told me that she thought I was doing great. And so I went and I got married and I got my arm broken and I got knocked up and I <laughs> had my son and I moved on and things are going good. And then all, all of you motherfuckers got COVID and now I've needed a lot more help. So I went back to her and man... It was really good that I got to talk to her. And the other thing I did was I went and I talked to my doctor about my anxiety 
and about how I was like scared to go to work and I was like not sleeping and I wasn't mm. doing well. And so that's when I got on Zoloft was probably about month five of the pandemic. So between medication and therapy, I'm proceeding forward versus quitting my job, hiding in a hole, pulling the dirt in after me. Yeah, that is a really frustrating thing. And it's something I wanted to, it's something I've said, I know I've said it in private, but I don't know if I've said it to you, um, is that, you know, a thing that's really frustrating for me and a lot of the rhetoric that goes around is that like this idea that, that if you aren't a COVID skeptic, that you are afraid like that idea, like that. Um, and so like that all that we're doing, you know, is like based out of, like based out of fear and all that sort of stuff. That's a criticism you get. Like if you get the vaccine, oh, you're just, oh. you're living in fear. Do you wear a mask? Mm -hmm. if you... uh, you're living in fear. I'm not yeah. afraid. I've, you know, all those types of things. Yeah. So it's like either we're living, you know, you're living in fear or also like you're just doing what you're told, right? That kind of thing, right? Um, for one, I think that's just a gross sort of reduction and oversimplification of what fear even is. But the the point that I'm getting to is that I'm really grateful that because, you know, you, you want there to be examples of, you know, heroism for your children. Right. And like, and Max, our son doesn't have to look very far. He just, he just has to look, look at his mom. And it's like, that's what it is. Because what a hero does is a hero looks at their fear, acknowledges it, faces it, and then does what they need to do anyway. Does what they need to do to, to help other people. Mm -hmm. yeah. Sometimes people who don't, and, and it's, not, it's not up to you to decide whether they deserve that help or not. That's not your job. Your job is to help them. So you help them. Right. And, and I think it's, I think it's incredibly heroic. I think it's an incredible example. And, and I think it's just, I don't know. I think I'm really grateful for sure for that. Um, Thank you. <laughs> so, but it just, it, what you, what you, what you talked about, like, dealing with your fear it, rem it reminded me mm -hmm. it reminded me of that because that's what that's what you really do like i was afraid i was afraid when you got the vaccine last december because it was new that wasn't a rational fear i was nervous too but i was afraid and and so i was afraid when i got it because um i got i got the johnson and johnson which is a little different well, you got the moderna right pfizer you got the pfizer and so but these weren't rational fears, you know? And so like this idea that, 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 um, like if you're, if you don't experience, if you haven't experienced fear in this pandemic, I don't think you're paying attention. I don't, I don't know how someone could just. That's the thing is that like when I'm accused of living in fear, it's because the first several months of the pandemic before we were really clear on 
how COVID behaved and, you know, do you guys remember when we were like all wiping our groceries? Oh, yeah. Yep. Like, like we yep. didn't really know. Like now we have pretty solid evidence about surface contamination is very low. Um, transfer on surfaces is very low. But mm -hmm. the first few weeks I was getting undressed outside my house. It was scary. So that I could like wash my clothes away from like. You know, you know, my favorite memory is of that time. One of my favorite things that feels very nostalgic is that <laughs> walking around the neighborhood. Oh, yeah. Right. There used to be a different wave. OK, so like you would because you were happy to see people. Mm -hmm. But before you really knew how contagious this shit was like you. But you needed to be outside, man, because you need that sun on your face. So when you waved at people, you were very. It was kind of a high, but also you stay over there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, there, there yeah. was just like about yeah. 15 degrees of difference between high and stay away. Bef before like. we really knew that like the six to 10 feet was like that magic number. You were like, I don't know how close we can get. Right. And but, we don't even know what's going on. But, but was, we're going to stay over here. It was always that. Yeah. It was always ready, ready to like stiff arm, like for the touchdown. Whereas, you know eventually it just hey i know. remember walking around and seeing like this like very elderly woman like scooping some leaves in her yard or something i was like i can't believe she's outside <laughs> like i was so worried i was like go back inside ma'am like, i didn't know right, what was going is, on yeah this what is, are you doing you maniac <laughs> yeah, you like, the street. why are you in your yard this yeah, isn't safe whenever it was back in like Mar march like, or literally April like the first like eight weeks before we really had a handle on yeah. things when yeah. it was like oh there's like 20 cases <laughs> right and but back when they were counting the cases on a daily basis yeah. back when i could keep track of how many people died um right i remember i i, I i've never been in a situation where i felt as though i was I felt scared to go in the rooms and I felt afraid, but I, I don't know. I, I mean, it's not a bad thing to be scared though. Right. Like, That's the all, thing. It's is all that, about like, why, why is fear? It's all about contact. Why it's, it's is a survival, fear so negative It's sometimes. a survival mechanism. Right. It's because you understand the thing that you should be scared of. I you understand also, why you should be scared of I it. I also knew that I really wanted to try to help them. Yeah. And every once in a while, a patient would come by who looked exactly like me. She was in her 30s. She was a mom, super sick, and... I'd lose my shit and I'd go and sob in a corner and sit down for a second. And then you wipe your face off and you go back to work. Like one of the things that pisses me off. I mean, that right there is just what Richard was just talking about. Like you're, wanna... you're, you are scared of it. You acknowledge that you're scared of it, but yeah, you're like, oh, because I appreciate that it COVID doesn't <clears throat> give a shit who you voted for. It doesn't care how old you are. Yeah. There is no guarantee about how sick you will or will not get. Right. Some people don't get sick at all, and that's true. And yeah. some people get so sick that they never recover. Yep. Yeah. And I, one of the things that made me the most angry was people saying, "Well, if you're a, if you're a doctor, or a nurse, or a nurse practitioner, if you're a healthcare provider, you signed up for this." Listen, mm. the last time that there was a pandemic of this magnitude was 1918. 
And I'm willing to bet that there's not a lot of people around right now that were around during the 1918 Spanish flu. I mean, um, just ask anybody if if I if I increased your daily workload 20x, are you going to say that you signed up for that? And no, not you're even and not. not even increasing it because no matter what it is, and not even <laughs> increasing it because like I can handle the busy unit. Or, but or, or to, but in, increasing yeah. it with a thing you've never done before. Increasing the magnitude That you have no yeah. treatment yeah, plan the, for. The intensity of I it. Have, exactly. I, yeah. and, and, and like, I have a, oh my God, this <laughs> microphone. Attacked you. Yeah. <laughs> so she was in a rolling chair and she, ro- she's, she her Jesus. microphone is on a tripod stand and one of her wheels hit the leg of the tripod stand so it and it, and for it. a brief moment, the chair and her and the microphone were just all moving as one unit. <laughs> it was it was chasing her. Mm-hmm. More reasons that we don't have the video camera on right now. Damn, um, damn. I know it's missing so much. <laughs> Engorge, Engor- like we miss the engorge joke. Um, we miss this microphone attack. The thing, the thing that was the most attack of the killer this killer is- SM7Bs. <laughs> I'm trying I'm trying to be serious. Sorry. The thing that was the scariest because if I have the busiest ICU I've ever had and it's full of just various patients having cardiac arrest because of hyperkalemia mm. or because of lactic acidosis or because or because they just died and I haven't really figured it out yet or because they they had a stroke or because they have really bad sepsis. Like, I know what to do about each of mm. those things. Mm-hmm. This was the busiest ICU I've ever had and I had absolutely no plan. Right. No plan, no map, no treatments, no nothing. All we could do was go room to room and watch them die. Right. And we are barely past that. And I think that's why 55 minutes later, I will say that I came back in this room to (laughs) re-record some podcasting is because I wanted to talk about what COVID does to you. Because I think Mm. that a lot of people still think that COVID is a cold or bad flu a bad flu or right 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 or whatever yeah that and, was that was one of the things that i wanted to ask you yeah but and, before you do that i i need to take a small break all right well I while you to, do that i'm going to gonna talk about another instance of fear so oh, yeah, okay. go take your break and you good go okay i don't have to go take a break all right i just took a break um, what does that mean? You'll never know. I'll never know. <laughs> Robert's like, I wear diapers <laughs> or like pull-ups, please. Pull-ups, please. Or, I'm or a big kid now. Or, um, I've been slowly depositing piss into the, the pipes <laughs> of this desk. Okay. Um, <laughs> one day getting heavier. Yeah. Every day. Uh, I have the keys. To the future. Yeah. <laughs> More comedic gold missed. Oh, Too bad. Anyway. But yeah, so on that on that whole fear thing. So um my dad died on a, a road very close to my house, very close to where I grew up. And so I have to drive every time. So growing up, you know, when I started driving, every time I left my house, I had to drive by that spot. Right. Right. And so, you know, th- that's a that's very loaded and so 
and and then there's layers to it because then at one point I had it I had an accident, right. you know. I remember that on that and that very close to the same spot, you know, mm. really yeah, really scary and really freaky and all those types of things. But where this the fear of it really hit the highest levels, the highest intensity was whenever I would take my son out there to to, to visit my mom. And so I'm I'm driving on this road with my son. And so that's so there's a lot of anxiety, there's a lot of fear there obviously because I I am I am I am not afforded the luxury of assuming that accidents won't happen. I know that they can. I know people die in car accidents. And so Yeah, I mean you're acutely aware of it because of that. Right. And so, but all you can do, but what am I going to do? Never visit my mom. Right. You know, or, or, I mean, she's no longer with us, but before that, of course, but, um, but yeah, or what was I never, you know, wasn't never going to never leave my house, you know, always have something. Those aren't, that's not reasonable. It's not rational. Right. All you can do is, is, you know, name it, acknowledge it. And then be take as take as many precautions as you can, as long as those precautions don't become di- diminishing returns on the you know like okay well I'm only going to go thirty miles an hour or some some something right. because then that becomes dangerous for a different reason. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you 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 mitigate what it is in your control to mitigate. There you go. Right. And past that, you can't control what external forces are going to do right so you know in that in that context i'm referring to you know i'm gonna make i'm gonna be extra sure i don't check my phone i'm gonna you know yeah i I don't think i'm gonna be rocking out to the radio on this curvy country road sure yeah and so because those are things and i'm gonna be extra vigilant watching what the other cars around me are doing right but that's really all i can do right that's really all i can do and so but yeah, I like I like the way you said that. You know, you mitigate what you can mitigate, and so, and then you do what you can. Yeah. So. Um, and that's just kind of how, it, like, you know, and like, you you are the the fear is there because there is a reason to have been scared. Like, you have been demonstrated that this shit can be dangerous. Right. I think that's why maybe I think that's why getting old is such a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're getting down to it. I mean, you hear what I'm saying, right? You you see where I'm going with that is because you've learned so much that can be scary. (laughs) Well, you've seen so many, you, you've have all these data points. Yeah, exactly. Well, that one time that went bad for that one person. Right. Exactly. And all these things, you know, coalesce to make you, terribly boring and risk averse <laughs> yeah well i don't know it depends uh, yeah on some level sure on i guess on for me though i look at i look at that and i was like it just makes sense to, mm-hmm. to to react a certain way or to take a certain uh measure of caution mm-hmm. if that makes me boring my whole life i've just been like who fucking cares whatever I'm so I'm a little boring. I'm fucking alive and I'm fine. I'm healthy. Fuck you. That that has been a pretty consistent 
I, I feel like that's something I can confidently say about you the entire time <laughs> that I've known you. You're fucking boring. <laughs> Not what I meant. <laughs> what I was going to say was that you... I said it, it's fine. ...have... You've you've one of the few people that legitimately just don't give a fuck. Um, huh? <laughs> that that that's how it's felt. Like the whole the whole you know twenty some odd years of uh twenty five years or whatever of knowing each other mm-hmm. is that yeah like Robert you know like it's it's just always understood that whatever happens Robert's gonna be Robert's gonna be oh okay and Robert's not gonna Robert's gonna do what Robert's gonna do and Robert's not really gonna care. What do you think about it? Because Robert's, oh, yeah. Robert's going to take care of Robert, you know? Um, yeah. Robert was the groomsman I worried about the least in our wedding. That makes me feel good. Yeah. I, I, I mean, mean <laughs> I mean, were you worried about Jack? I wasn't worried about Patrick or Jacob. <laughs> yeah, I was like, say. <laughs> I really wasn't, but like, there's, there's at least some wild card to that. I guess there like, are more things that could have come up with Jed. Not really. I no. mean, I don't know. No. Jed, I'm... call into the show and tell us what's... <laughs> tell us how wrong we are. Uh, I'm going to fight with the mic again. What Jed did do, though, and I, and that was really funny. You probably remember this. But, like, like before we, like, walked out of, like, the groom's cottage because we got married at a <laughs> oh, fancy place. yes. He, like, he, like, dangled his keys at me. He was like, all right. I can't believe he did that. Last chance. <laughs> yeah. Was he serious, uh, though? I mean, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's just how good of a friend he is. Because, he, you know, because he's like, he's like, all right, I, I ride or die, whatever decision you make, I've got you, is really. I guess really what I should have said was that I was basically only worried about one of the groomsmen. <laughs> okay, that makes me feel not as good. But, but also, also. But I absolutely wasn't worried about you. And I am. You were definitely I'm, not that. I'm 90% sure you were the first one to go get your tux because I got all the emails when like people would go get their tuxedos. Mm, yeah. Mm, I'm like, I'm like almost certain you were the first one. Do we have five or six people? Six. Yeah. Robison. No? Yeah. Yeah, he was there. Robison was it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was like, who was the other one? He could have, there could have been something weird. Uh, uh, he rode with Jet. <sighs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, wait, wait. So, so Jet, Jacob. Yeah, you, you Robison. And, and Harrison brought you, and Harrison wasn't right. in the wedding, but Harrison brought you. Right. I, I get confused because Rothwell was the officiant. Right. 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 And right. so I kind of had a cheater. I had a seventh. So he, yeah, he was there for sure. So, so I. I had Farron. Oh, yeah. She didn't want to be. Right. Uh, she came and she did like, she read a poem. She, well, was, but she, she was in my house party. She didn't want to be. No, she a didn't want to be a bridesmaid. I see. No. Um, well, bad, before you left. Bad luck. I mean, sometimes you just fucking get sick of it. Oh, I I was okay. a bridesmaid gotcha. like seven yeah, times before I got married. <laughs> yeah, how many times have you been a fucking groomsman? Like twice? Uh, once about six years, <laughs> ago. five years ago. Five, <laughs> almost five. <laughs> oh God damn Yeah, it. I guess uh, Josh's first wedding, he didn't really have groomsmen. I don't think I went to that. Oh, okay. <laughs> So <laughs> that's why he didn't have. He you did tell have groom. me, Richard. <laughs> he did have groomsmen, just he didn't show up. Yeah. 
He had one fewer than he thought. Yeah. It's like fucking case going to his wedding. Shit was all asymmetrical. <laughs> it looked terrible in the Catholic Church. Symmetry is very important to the Catholics. I, no, to make up for the fact that I had like an extra like entourage of women that I wanted to be important to me that day, I just called it a house party and was like, hey, you're more special than everyone else. <laughs> Can you just come early and hang out with me? <laughs> could this, Could you call them wedding spouses? I guess you could. Okay. We want to circle back to that. So All what right. happened while I was gone? Oh, I, I was talking about the whole fear thing and talking about having to drive past the uh, spot where my dad died all the time. Oh, my God. Well, that's not lighthearted at all. And so... I thought you guys were just going to tell a bunch of jokes while I went and used the restroom. <laughs> oh, we did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for it. Uh, but, but yeah, like just that idea of like all I can say, and, and Robert said something really, said articulated really well, which, what, what did you say? It, like... Like you, all, all you can do is you can you can just mitigate what you can mitigate, right? Yes. And then any anything external to that is going to happen or it's not, and you just have to be able to deal with what you can. Right. Yeah. So facing fear, all that sort of shit. That's what we were yeah. talking about. So when you're in a situation like we were in in the early days of COVID, we didn't know we were going to still be talking about. I didn't think that I would be sitting at a table like this, talking about the first year of the pandemic. <laughs> Remember, so, everybody told us to stay home for two weeks. I thought this was, I thought this so, was like a month-long problem. So I'm going to go ahead and bring up that subreddit again because I read something. Somebody, somebody said something about re- related to it. So it's the – what's the Herman Kane Award. Herman Kane Awards. Herman Kane Awards. And this is people posting typically like social media you know, threads over a period of time. Typically of people uh, anti-vax. Anti-mask. Possibly racist, transphobic. You Anti-science. Know, what, whatever you want to say. Yeah, just generally pieces of shit. And it sort of chronicles their, their not so much rise, just their fall. Uh, and typically they end up dying at the end of these. The, the, the but, end of these. but not before they call on prayer warriors. Not because, not, yeah, not, yeah. Thoughts and prayers. Yeah. Right before the GoFundMes, right? Yeah. Th- those yeah. T- uh, strikingly it is... common occurrences Yes, there. so I've. I, I've been a long-term follower because I'm I'm a Reddit I'm use Reddit all the time, but um, that's like pretty much the only like social media I'm on like most days. But uh, yeah, so anyway, it's startling how much every post right on that subreddit is the same. It's like they're following a. It's like they all looked up how to write their like resume. They all have the <laughs> same. They, have the they same. all have the same flow. Yeah, they all have the same flow. Like this is bullshit. I'm not afraid. Blah blah blah. Here's here's here's. <laughs> it's like rhetoric, rhetoric. Holy shit! I think I need some help. Oh gosh, I'm in the hospital. Please pray for me because you know God. Yeah. Now my family needs money because I'm dead. And then everybody around them saying, "Well, what a great person! They would have given you the shirt off their back." And it's a shame. They were so. Sp- Anyway, uh, yeah. So what were you gonna say? So, about so it? yeah, what I saw about that was, you know, people were arguing the validity of being, uh, whether or not you should find that cathartic, and whether or not you yeah. should, you know, to what extent you should you celebrate that sort of thing or find joy in in reading that shit. And I don't think anyone finds joy in it. I think some people do. Okay. Uh, it's the Schadenfreude thing, exactly, right? right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but one of the comments I saw was like, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't be thinking about it at all, really, 
it's just weird. Mm. And my response to that is, this is a weird fucking situation. Nobody should have to think about any of this stuff. When was the last time That's anybody thought about this kind of thing at this scale? For Never. This, for this long. Right. And not, with the, and not with the tools that we currently have. By all accounts, the reason that the, that the Spanish flu or that the plague was as bad as it was is because people didn't understand right. why it was as bad as it was. Right. They didn't know how to avoid it. You didn't know the mechanics of it. You didn't know the ramifications. You just and knew that now bad things happen in certain circumstances. And now we have not just the kind of people to figure out what's going on with it at very quickly. We have a global network where the first six months of the pandemic, I remember the way we would decide how to treat people was some of my doctors would get on the WhatsApp messaging system right. and talk to doctors that were in Italy or in other parts of the world. It's literally like Independence Day, like it's... calling Australia and Seriously. Japan. Like, we know how to bring them down, boys. Yes. God damn it. That's how it felt. <laughs> I went I went to my doctors and I was like, did your friends Real. have any good ideas? Like, <laughs> That's amazing. And that's how we Fucking would incredible. decide what to do. And like one of my doctors would be like, hey, my colleague in India is using XYZ drug and he's seeing a little bit of help. Let's right. let's try it because we we didn't have any water for the fire. And right. so it was we just had to try what we had to try. And the reason we're so angry right now is because now we have the answer and now no one believes us. Right. And I don't I don't know how to communicate how upset that makes us. Every death that I'm seeing right now is avoidable. Yeah. Like to say to, to insinuate that people like you signed up for this is just absolutely missing the point and and shitty and insane. I of course signed up to help people. I've always wanted to help people. To help people. Yeah. Not for the, like this is something but that like, no one signed up for. But like not to be like abused and right. and and criticized and and told that I'm a liar and yeah. Uh, right. I mean it's our. You know, our friend Jet, he's signed up. So September, he was in boot camp when September 11th happened. Mm. Man. Like they had, to, they th he thought, they thought they were lied to him. They had to wheel in TVs to prove to them that it was really happening. So, Whoa. so yeah, the military that he served in was different than the military he joined. Yeah. And so you can't okay, really yeah. say that he signed up. Like he didn't sign up for an Iraq for the invasion of Iraq. He Afghanistan. Didn't no. The Iraq War was before nine eleven. It was not. It was after. It was two thousand two or three somewhere along. We talked about this last. You're time. wrong. I think in Saudi Arabia. No. You're. you're you're th yes, you're thinking of Desert Storm. That's what I'm thinking of. Which was oh, a full the first Iraq full War. That was Saudi Arabia, I believe. I thought they were in Iraq. I am. I don't know about this. Where is Patrick Jet? <laughs> no, Desert Storm was like nineteen ninety, nineteen ninety one. Patrick Jet, you're our only hope. It was Iraq because we were defending Kuwait. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I know a little enough to be dangerous. <laughs> when it comes to issues of foreign policy <laughs> and military history, 
Yes. Yeah, we should not answer. me. Um, I'm not the one. Anyway, Jet, Ask call Jeeves. in. Tell us. Yes, there was a, a separate. There was a, a. There was indeed an Iraq war that happened after September 11th. Allison, is that where the weapons of yeah. mass, mass destruction, destruction were purported, <laughs> yes. purported to be, and were in fact not? Yeah, and yes, now, okay, and now everyone's just like, "Oh, George W. Bush paints. How cool! How cool! How he's, neat! He's so cute." Yeah, he's so cute. I, in the current times, can you can you help but be? quaint about those days. It's a great way to say it. The halcyon days of George Bush reading right. a fucking storybook in a classroom, you know? And the mean, like, what the fuck? Mission like, accomplished. Like, we all gave him a hard time because he didn't actually know what the fuck to do because he was faced with a completely unprecedented uh, yeah. situation Not while no. he was supposed to be reading. <laughs> well, I mean, hold on. There, there, War is pretty precedented. No, okay. Listen, no. There's, there's a line you can draw there. I see what you're getting at. <laughs> what I mean Magnitudes to say... Magnitudes are a bit different here, but yes. What I mean to say is that... Oh my God, I feel a lot of pressure right now. What I mean to say <laughs> is that Trump is a piece of shit and Bush <laughs> was not the president that... I would have voted for policy-wise, but he was not dangerous. <sighs> well, okay. Oh, we're going to have to edit all this they out. Are, I'm not editing anything. <laughs> no. They're just different things. They're different things. But you're right. That there, we there, like there look is a different, for the quaint. Uh, there like, is a difference of magnitude there. I, I, I think I got it. I, In, think, I think I got it. I think I got it. Um, so, I think that Bush was predictably dangerous. N- Okay, I think I I think I can wrap this up. Okay. Please help us. Where is Patrick? Call um, <laughs> So the difference is, um, George W. Bush, perhaps, if we're trying to draw a through line here, if we're trying to connect this, which is risky fucking business anyway. Yeah. Uh, we're narr- in a minefield. Because narratives are kind of bullshit. Yeah. But I think what you're trying to say is that, if we are forced to connect these things here, is that there was an unprecedented event, an unprecedented crisis during George Bush's presidency, and he accepted the validity of that, and he overreacted, and that led to some very bad decisions, and you know, including the you know, and pe- blah 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 WMDs, and lots of people died. Right, people around him were in a situation to take advantage of that. Yes, and they did, and lots of people died, yes. and 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 that is a problem, and that is not forgivable. It's bad. There is a difference. And so if you had to connect that to to the president during the onset of COVID, there was an unprecedented crisis and he did not react. He refused to react. He refused to do anything proactive it's a good way to, say to acknowledge the reality of this crisis, to mitigate the spread of it, to 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 convey the severity of it, the and, danger of it, and it cost people's lives. And it continues to. Yes, it absolutely continues to. Because there's lots of people who were who are not political, like that their their reason for being a COVID skeptic or being anti-vax or whatever is not affiliated with their politics. It's it's their it's their it's their personal or it's their um it's their identity. It's their subculture. Whatever. It's not about. It's not because their leader told them to. Right. Um, but there's other people that it's absolutely because of that. Yeah. And I mean, and, arguably, and, his inaction did more to just damage people's psyches than it did to actually 
I disagree. Allow COVID to kill them. I disagree. I because if he from the beginning would have would have said, "Hey, masks. Hey, we're, we're going to do everything we can to keep to keep Americans safe. So I want everyone to wear masks. I'm wearing a mask. Everyone's going to wear a fucking mask." Then that would have made wearing a ma- wearing masks valid. Everyone would have done it. I think that's what he's trying to say. He's saying that it damaged that his inaction did the damage. Yeah. Oh, it's you co- said damage the psyche, and I'm saying no. It led to it literally led to people's deaths. Um. Yeah. I. I think you guys are saying the same thing. No, I, I think I'm being a little more incriminating. Oh. I think I'm being a little harsher. Well, I think he was getting there. Maybe. Now I don't know what I was trying to say. <laughs> okay. It's gone. Sorry. Sorry, I'm trying to be like them. All of a sudden, I'm the mediator. <laughs> I'm just trying so, to cover up for the fact that I don't know anything about foreign policy. So anyway, <laughs> it's not what I want to talk about, <laughs> but I feel like that's a way to sort of connect mm. those two events if we must. If we must. So, but, so all right. What? I, I had some things to ask you. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. So th- there, were, there were really, and this was sort of why God. I wanted to do this follow-up here we are an hour and a half in almost and we're gonna get to the that's all right we're all friends um so the first thing i wanted to ask you about was when the when you have the onset of covid or when you look at an an x-ray and you can identify that oh this person has covid what is going on with someone who is sick from covid that is different then when someone is sick from an other, a, a different respiratory disease or from the flu or something like that. I'm, I'm thinking because that's like a that's a hard question because it's very it, it's kind of a generalized question. Well, uh, like, I mean, feel free to feel free to reframe my question into something that makes a little more sense. So like because I don't know if I'm asking the right question. So the thing that is the most different about COVID, would that be helpful compared to other respiratory illnesses? The thing sure. that's the most different yes. about COVID. Yeah. It's, like why um, is COVID its own thing? Like, why what is COVID is its own beast? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It mm-hmm. is very unpredictable um if i have a patient that comes in and has is positive for the flu if they're our age i'm going to expect a cough fever chills malaise they're not going to have a bacterial infection unless they're an immunocompromised patient. They're probably not going to need oxygen. In fact, they're probably not going to need the hospital, which is why I don't really know what to do with them because it's it's the flu and you treat the symptoms. You take Tylenol or Motrin for a fever and you, you know, stay hydrated and you rest and you get past it. If the three of us go in and we're all COVID positive, I feel like I'm not close enough or not far enough. You're fine. And we all go in and we're COVID positive. And just all three of us at this table are vaccinated. But if we weren't, our courses could be remarkably different. And there's absolutely no rhyme or reason to it. So 
like so let me see if i understand what you're saying are are you saying that there's just not a lot of ways to predict how COVID is going to affect each person right like and and so each person that comes in the role that i play by the time they come to me they have already been sick enough to be hospitalized Mm -hmm. but once they are in my care in the intensive care unit i don't have a good way to predict if they're going to do well or if they're going to turn a corner and get better um and they can get suddenly worse like their oxygen will just their oxygen levels will just drop precipitously like off the side of a cliff so it's just there's just it's just very volatile it's extremely volatile and also you mentioned us all being vaccinated but are, are you speaking from a baseline of being unvaccinated correct yeah 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 let's yeah at let's, this point the yeah. the the majority an overwhelming majority over 98 percent of my icu is unvaccinated right. patients right and and i i guess like i'm i'm trying to understand what is the difference between and 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 i'm and not in a snarky way like not in a shitty like gotcha way but there's a difference. Or, I mean, because I don't know. Like, is COVID just like the flu, but more volatile? So here, here's what I think I actually should say, is that if you have the flu, or if you have a bronchitis, or if you have uh, rhinovirus, or if you have um, any other upper respiratory sinus infection, you can count on those symptoms being respiratory. Okay. Cough, cold, flu whatever covid is it is a disease a a disease of the lungs it is uh it could cause pulmonary um, symptoms it makes you short of breath it gives you a cough it causes horrific horrific pneumonia that is not responsive to our general treatments for pneumonia but this is this is what you came for. <laughs> this is why I was here. COVID messes with every organ system of the body. And why is that? I don't know. Is that related? We don't actually know yet, but we know that a lot of it has to do with the fact that it also is extremely damaging to your vascular system, mm. which means your veins and your arteries. So one of the most common side effects of COVID is blood clots. Mm. Um because it can cause damage to your vascular system. The veins and the arteries in your kidneys are pretty small and are very sensitive to things like that. You can get a renal failure very easily. You can get blood clots in your legs, in your arms, in your lungs, in your brain. Strokes are extremely common with my COVID patients. Um, Heart attacks. A blood clot inside your vascular system of your heart is a heart attack. And so why is it, is it considered a respiratory virus because that's its onset? Primarily, primarily, yes, because that is the way that it is spread. It's spread through droplets, which is the... Yeah, you don't really spread heart attacks. No, you can't. A heart attack or a blood clot in your lung isn't contagious. Because you're not... It would like they would be if you were sharing but, blood with but people. But the but the inflammatory <laughs> but the inflammatory cascade, the so your immune system response. your immune system response and right. what we call the cytokine storm is so sounds bad. fucking badass honestly. It's so bad <laughs> that it causes it causes multi system <laughs> organ failure, and once. 
once I diagnose you with multi-system organ failure, the chances of you living a life that you lived before your hospitalization are reduced significantly. Yeah. Um, multi-system organ failure was on my mom's death certificate. It was on my mother-in-law's death certificate. It's not a thing that you recover from well. And... Yeah. This week, and one of the reasons that I decided I wanted to come back in here today and get in front of this microphone that I don't really feel comfortable being in front of, is I learned that during the Delta surge at my hospital, at my hospital system, the place I work only, that's where my evidence is coming from, we have not successfully gotten a patient off of the ventilator since Delta has been the dominant strain. Wow. And, and that is very sobering. And and what was the rate of extubating before? I mean, because it was pretty low to be before. fair, it was very low, but here and there, every once in a while, we would have a really good success story. We would at least get someone off the vent for a little while. Mm-hmm. It was it was at least in the realm of possibility, and this week I realized it's really been off the table, and we don't right. we haven't done that. And just to just to clarify, um, because not that I think anyone who would listen to this this far would would still be <laughs> would be on this train, but maybe they know someone who has said things like this. Is that this doesn't mean that intubating someone is what kills them. It means that the people who get so sick that they need intubated are already very sick. We are at the point to where when we talk to the patient and the family members of the patient that we are going to intubate, we tell them that there are two outcomes. One is that the patient will die. And the other is that the patient will survive in a way that is nothing like the life they had before the hospital where they are requiring permanent life support generally either from a ventilator or at least from a trach with Mm -hmm. oxygen supply and a feeding tube. And there's a high likelihood that they will have lasting effects that prevent them from ever being home again with their family or interacting with their loved ones. Um, That's what we are now presenting as the two choices. And because of that, we actually have a higher number, not, not a ton, but a higher number of patients that are electing to not be placed on the ventilator. And it's a relief for us as providers because it takes away the last couple weeks of futile care. Right. What I've struggled with the most as a critical care provider is the reason I like critical care is because I get to bring people back from like the brink. Like you get to get almost dead or even dead. And I can, I can like pull you back from that and I can make you better and I can put you back home with your family. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't done that in a long time. Yeah. I don't get to put people back with their families when you have COVID. Or when you get sick enough with COVID to be in the ICU. Yeah, once you, that's sort of what it sounds like, you know, at your hospital. It feels like I could stay home and the outcome would be the same. 
yeah once they get to that point it's already too late it is right and and it's it's a strange thing where it's almost it's I'm almost going, like I'm going through motions now pretending like I'm going to have a positive outcome and we're just not. It's it's almost it's almost as if y'all had y'all did too good of a job for so long that people just expect y'all to be able to just keep people from dying no matter what. Well, we're not witches. You're not? I mean, I want to be. Oh, okay. Someday. Someday. I mean, I I think there's a big gap between a normie and a, you know, I don't know, man. Like, I, I think, I think, I think you can be a witch without have without having the ability to literally raise the dead. That's a necromancer. <laughs> Correct. The truth Correct. is, Let's is get that our fucking terminology. The truth right. is, is that I've brought a lot of people back from being dead, and it well, is a fucking witchy you're, as you're it's, a, it's you're a, a necromancer. High yeah. ass feeling too when you're like you were dead and now you're not. Like that's impressive. Uh-huh. I will say we have we we did have one, we did have one success story. He was, fuck, the patient was pre Delta, but that patient left us, requiring a permanent ventilator and a feeding tube. Yeah. And that patient came and visited us a couple weeks ago. That's nice. On his feet. Oh, there it is again. Wow. Whatever. Who cares? It's man. <laughs> the patient survived. Oh, the, pa- the patient the patient made it past. Brought to you by Brought to you Hippo. by Hippo. <laughs> uh, the patient survived. It's because the patient was a man that he survived. What? Whoa. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. I was trying to make a stupid joke. Brought to you by four hymns. <laughs> <laughs> did, did, did were you were you were you Throwing some extra blood into his dong? Is that why he came back? It was Robert's blood. Because Whoa. Because I just I just I feel like in Texas that's a violation of our marital vows. If you if you inject blood into another man's What penis, if it's his own blood? To save his life? Even at, yeah. <laughs> but I like I took it out of like his arm and put it back into Doesn't just... matter. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That was a pregnancy. According to Abbott. (laughs) (laughs) If you get to an erection, you're basically pregnant. Yeah, you're in the state of Texas. Fucking serial killer. (laughs) So is whoa, does that mean if you get a vasectomy, are you Or what if when I just have a period when I like you know, what if that egg goes to waste? How many counts of murder is that? Not many, not many for my barren ass, but plenty, (laughs) plenty. Well, I mean, or like a like a really good. It's supposed supposed to be like your uterus, not your ass, honey. You've been doing it wrong. Oh no! Oh god! You don't have ass ovaries. (laughs) Uh, Those are hemorrhoids. (laughs) Please. So one of the funniest things I've ever heard a person say (laughs) was in junior high. Oh. And it was this motherfucker across the table from me. Yeah. What? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did he say? So we we I don't remember this. We so didn't this have great. too many we didn't have too many gang gangs, but we had a few girl gangs. Some gang gangs though, you know what I'm saying? And whatever that means, just like groups of people that would decide to beat each other up. But these girls like actually physically interact like like with fists. Because we had clicks and like girls that would fight but like with 
not like oh no like i'm talking like <laughs> like on like full mount like like punching each other yeah holy crap okay what go the, on where the fuck did you go to school anyway fucking, in the hill country in like fucking rainbow bright fucking land i don't know yes no. basically <laughs> anyway so these girls are fighting and and everyone's kind of just gathered around watching and this this fellow across the table from me because he's he's very contextually aware he's not gonna just say like kick her ass because these are girls. And so he says, kick her in the ovaries. <laughs> I did say that. Smash her fallopian tubes. <laughs> I said did that as well. Did you say that? I did. <laughs> Would you go from the front or back though? Just a pole. That's up to them. That's not, mm-hmm. I was not giving those specific <laughs> directions. So anyway, speaking of ovaries, you just kick the ovaries right into the ass. You kick them so hard they Listen, go the ovaries, into the butt. The ovaries are a lot smaller than you guys think. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And why that's why, why I am running for senator. <laughs> <laughs> why didn't you say like kick her in the cooch? It's got a, like a nice like. We didn't use that out. word. Oh, you didn't? No. We were mm. gentlemen. Please. <laughs> were you? <laughs> were we? Uh, you're gentle boys. We're uh, gentle boys. Uh, like, um, they call those soy, who were you soy rooting, boys. Today. Who were you rooting for? I don't want to. I remember one of the people who it was. Yeah, tell us. Micah. Micah. I think that's a boy's name. Not for this girl. Micah, call in, please, and tell us <laughs> what you think about that. Why don't we have like a person over there who's like manning the phones? <laughs> <laughs> the switchboards would be lighting up. <laughs> like Delilah. I'm pretty sure her name was Micah. Oh, that was Cassandra. That's just how I remember. Mm, maybe these are different fights. I might be imagining different fights. There could have been multiple fights. I may have said this more than once. <laughs> what were they, this is what your were go-to. They fi- this is your catchphrase. What were they fighting about? Man. <sighs> what does anyone ever fight about in junior high? <laughs> I what don't does know. Anyone, what does anyone ever fight about? Politics. Anyway. I don't know. Just <laughs> mad about the state of the world. Bill Clinton's a liar. Um... Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why shit pops off, um, especially with eighth graders. Yeah, but I think it was high school. It was not. Definitely, was must not. it was definitely two different fights then. Okay, I'm glad that he has a catchphrase for lady fights. <laughs> Smasher fallopian tubes. I don't see as many as I would like to be able to bust that out. <laughs> would you yell that at like a like a women's UFC? No, uh, that's what they're there for. I don't need to tell them. It's a little. <laughs> They, so they 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 signed up. They for signed that. up for that. Absolutely, <laughs> they got their black belt and ovary kicking. Yeah, totally. Um, I say that to them. I'm going to get my ovaries kicked in. <laughs> Here, will you hold these, please? Cacao. Right. I'll let you borrow some. Uh, so, um, so back on track. Sorry. Not that we were off track. These are the tracks. Mm-hmm. Get fucked. Uh, the uh, so the difference between COVID and other quote-unquote respiratory diseases is is just it seems so it seems like covid once you get to my icu is a very systemic illness systemic systemic it's your entire body system i have to worry about everything i have to worry about your brain i have to worry about your kidneys your liver so I, i know part of the part of the thing about covid in general is that it is your 
it is your uh one one aspect of it is that your immune system will overreact yes and is that the same for other systems of your body as well do they overcompensate well or or are things just getting that bad for all of them it's more like or does it vary too much to say it it varies quite a bit because okay i mean like i said we haven't been able to predict this as well as we predict other things mm-hmm. um but it's more like it's more like the immune response leads to the failure of everything else right because when your immune system goes into overdrive it becomes very bad at defending against everything else so you are more prone to a bacterial infection or you're Mm. more prone to a fungal infection i have treated more fungal blood infections in the last year and a half than i have in my entire other wow like why are people growing mold in their blood what like that's just a thing we deal with now. It's a different metal song. Yeah. Um, it, it, so are that's... you telling me that that Simpsons m- meme is incorrect? What? Like with Mr. Burns, like where he where he's <laughs> goes where so he's, there's an episode where Mr. Burns where he's goes to the so doctor sick that he's well or something. Right, and it's like, well, you see, when all these germs try to get through at the same time, none of them oh. can get through. Oh yes. So I'm. Invincible. <laughs> well, no, a, a small breeze could invincible. Yeah, so yeah. you're telling me that that's not accurate? Correct. I mean, fucker. Well, why <laughs> to? The things that I am witnessing as a provider that are the most common complications secondary to COVID are renal failure, often requiring dialysis. That's your kidneys, fuckers. Oh, sorry. Um, it sounds like something way different, so I can, yeah. Yes. I can see that. It could it's not be. called your kidnal, your kidnal system. <laughs> it's your nef- nephrology. Nephrology. Why is that a different word, too? Why is it so different? Nephrologists are the renal why, doctors, yeah. which are the kidney doctors. Why don't I have my, rid- my rindies? <laughs> my renal failure and my Listen, renologist. Almost everybody with COVID gets dialysis at least once. Not everyone, but it's close. It's called renalysis. And they Re- also renalysis. have um, what we call hypercoagulability, which is the blood clots. Yes. Yeah. The increased likelihood that you will form a blood clot. That could be in your calf vein. It could be in your femoral vein. It could be in. This arm over here, and it could be in your brain, it could be in your lungs, it could be in your heart. So we have to treat everybody with high doses of blood thinners generally, which leads to the risk for bleeding. So then yeah. sometimes they have bleeding and blood loss, and we have to chase that. Right. We're basically chasing our tail with every system when it comes to COVID. Whereas if you just have like a pneumonia from like, I don't know, like whatever you get pneumonia from, like fucking H flu than homophilus influenza, which is different than the regular. Forget it. I'm digressing. So so going back to the immune system response. Yeah. A heightened immune system response. Is that something that COVID is doing to your immune system? Or is it because it is an unknown entity to your immune system? Hmm. I think it's the second thing. Like it doesn't know what to do yet. Right. Right, because right. if you're vaccinated, it knows what to do. That's 
that's the major difference. Right. And that's also something that I wanted to touch on was that there's a lot of rhetoric going around where people saying there's no point in getting vaccinated because you're still able to spread COVID. Mm -hmm. That statement in and of itself is true. That if you are a vaccinated person and you contract COVID and have a breakthrough infection, you can spread it. Mm -hmm. Your viral load will be lower. um, And the likelihood of you developing a lower respiratory tract illness is much, much lower and that means lower, deeper in your lungs, which is what causes pneumonia. Mm, okay. So it's just much more likely that as a unvaccinated person, you will have a higher, higher viral load. You will be more likely to spread it. And, and is this an unvaccinated person who has already had COVID as well? No, that's a different animal. So. Okay. Then you can address that. Yeah. Later. But I kind of lost my. Sorry. We were no, it's okay. We were talking about you're talking um, about viral loads, and so I think what and you, we were talking about COVID causing the immune system response well, versus. Hold, hold on, I, I think I think what you were fixing to finish up that thought with is you were talking about lower respiratory, and so a higher viral load, and so people who are vaccinated uh-huh. and experience and do contract most COVID, of it's all up here, right? And is upper. that called an upper? Yes, that's called an upper respiratory infection. An upper infection. respiratory infection. That's right. your, like sinuses? Sinuses. Okay. Like maybe the back of your throat. And, okay. and so those yeah. are things that you will not get pneumonia from that. No, not typically, no. Gotcha. And, and You're so, going to feel crappy. Right. But like a sinus infection. Sure. Right? Maybe and a cough. So, and so in your viral yeah. load is smaller. Sore throat. So you, even though you can still spread it, you are less contagious. And Correct. Correct. Okay. You can still give other people COVID. However, the likelihood is lower because right. what happens when you get COVID as an unvaccinated mm-hmm. person is the virus starts replicating in your body and now it's everywhere. So when you just like take a breath, it's like coming out and it's. Mm-hmm. So, you you know, if you're vaccinated, so let, let's get down to breast sacks. If you're vaccinated and you had a breakthrough infection, to give someone else COVID. If if I'm vaccinated and I walk into HEB and somebody who has COVID breathes it into me, it's going to come in through my nose and my mouth, maybe because I'm wearing my mask, but say I'm unmasked, it's going to come in and my body's going to be like, I have seen this motherfucker before. And it is going to send out the antibodies against that spike protein, which is on the surface of the COVID virus. Mm-hmm. and it's going to fight it, it's going to deflect it, and it's going to send it away. For the alpha variant, I'm not even going to notice that I walk by this person, like the OG COVID. Mm-hmm. For Delta, it's getting around it a little bit, and I might have a breakthrough infection, so I might have like a low-grade fever, I might have a cough, I might feel run down and tired, and I might test positive for COVID. Um, it's very likely that I won't require further treatment past like symptomatic management. Mm-hmm. Um, but if an unvaccinated person encounters that person that spread the COVID, their immune system does not have immunity to that and that is one of the other things i wanted to touch on is there's a lot of language being used in the world about 
quote, natural immunity versus vaccinated immunity. And there's a few ways that that language is being used. One of them is that there's natural immunity, which is just the immune system that we have, that we were born with, the one that our body uses to protect itself against everyday illness. And that immune system is pretty good in a robust person who doesn't have any underlying health conditions or any other problems. Yeah. But what has been proven over the last year and a half is that COVID is really good at fucking that up and pounding right. it into the ground. And it overwhelms the immune system and it keeps it from doing what it needs to do. The other way that people are using the phrase natural immunity is when they talk about infection-mediated immunity, which is when you have already had COVID and now you have some uh, antibodies against the virus. Right. And so and infection that, mediated immunity. Right. Okay. Which means that you've had the infection, you have developed the antibodies against it. And if you were to be exposed to that infection again, your body would already have the tools to fight it. It's the same school of thought that back in the eighties, when our parents would have like the chicken pox parties, where right. it was like, just get your Wild. get it over with, like because we didn't have a chicken pox vaccine when we were kids. Yeah. So it was like, oh, thank goodness she got it over with. She's only two. She won't remember. It was a fever. It was a rash. It was no big deal. It's done. Now she has the immunity. We move on. One of the things that's been so frustrating trying to talk to people that are <laughs> against vaccination is that the concept of infection-mediated immunity and vaccine-mediated immunity, vaccine immunity, they're almost identical. The vaccine is just giving your immune system a very specific blueprint to make protection against COVID without making you nearly as ill. So what... Yeah, without you having to take the risk right. of it. And, so, and also, it does give you more... It does. Antibodies. Because it's more robust because it's more specific. Because most of the people that are claiming immunity from COVID are probably had the alpha variant. Right. And 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 those antibodies are going to They wane over time. Yeah, they Your don't nat last natural antibodies do in fact wane over time. Right. Um like you're gonna have to keep re upping and re Just like you'll need to get COVID. booster shots eventually. Sure. Maybe. Similarly. Maybe. Um, an example of not needing booster shops, booster shops, it's like a storefront, um, <laughs> booster shots, it's like your, um, like hepatitis. Like when you're a kid, you get like three hepatitis, you get a series of immunizations when you're very little and then a little older and then a little older. And then you never need it again, unless you're like a person that's traveling to a foreign country and you get your titers checked. Um, I had chicken pox when I was like two or three and I never got the chicken pox vaccine because of that. But then at some point during my career, I was checked by my hospital to see if I had varicella titers that were high enough to protect me against varicella. And they said, mm -hmm. oh, it's kind of low. We need to give you this vaccine. I said, yeah, sure. Go for it. That's they wane over time. So, so like if you were to go get your like measles, mumps and rubella mm -hmm. titers checked they might be good or they might say, oh, well, if you're going to be exposed, you need a booster. Right. So as a healthcare provider, they check me because I'm 
interfacing with these illnesses a lot. But if you're not, you don't really get those titer sticks. That's not not a, sure. not a thing that happens. So so for the hepatitis versus say COVID or yeah. any other things like, is there something specific about hepatitis antibodies that causes them to last for a much longer period? I think that it's basically just teaching your body a thing to make, and it just becomes a part of that natural quote unquote immunity that everybody is so hell bent on relying on is that it teaches your body to understand that the same way it would if it encountered chickenpox in the wild. Right. It learns things. It knows what to do. Um, it just, it yeah. figures it out and it changes. It's adaptable just like the rest of us. And it's so frustrating because our immune system is responsive and it is smart, but the overwhelming data is, is that COVID is able to overwhelm it. Yeah, like I think another part about that immune system, what, did you, what, what was the terminology for it? Immune system protection versus... Infection uh, mediated infection. immunity versus vaccinated. Go. Yeah, so for infection mediated immunity... While you have to go through an illness to obtain that. Exactly. Exactly. Like while that is happening, while you're building those antibodies, you also have COVID. Right. Which <laughs> right. is a problem so the, the for argument, your immune system. The argument that we're hearing from people who don't want to be vaccinated is that they would rather have COVID to avoid getting COVID, which makes no sense. Absolutely not. Yeah. Oh, right. And and it also the thing that really bothers me about that particular stance is that people are able to say this from a, you know, an advocate almost advocate that policy from a position of no risk, because if you were to advocate that policy, you and think about and think that through, you would understand that what you're saying is that all the vulnerable population should just be exposed to COVID and whoever dies, dies. And and that's uh, that's a very I mean, I have seen some people actually own up to that. Sure. And say that, like, yeah, that's what I'm saying, you know, strongly, you know, basically. There's only a lot of survival um, of the fittest. Yeah, that's, yeah. There's a lot of that language going around: play stupid games, win stupid prizes, kind of stuff. Yeah, and I. <laughs> well, but it, anyway, it just brings everything down on its way down. It's, it's in a weirdly different light. That that is what's happening. Like the like the fucking subreddit. Like the the problem is, is the, saying that it's saying that you want that to happen to people who are say immunocompromised or the elderly or whoever. Right. that's not their choice. Right. Whereas what we're seeing with people who are choosing not to get protected against it, that is a very... Well, it's, it's strange, right? Because it's like, if you want to try to put that evolutionary lens on it, right? you know, there's sort of, um, you know, there's biological adaptation and then there's behavioral adaptation. And, yeah. you know, like our behavioral adaptation to be able to assimilate new information into our worldview has, and to trust the collective knowledge of the human race, which is science, you know, a collective public testable knowledge has allowed us access to, to vaccines, which are, which greatly, which greatly increase our likelihood of survival. That's a behavioral adaptation in a sense. The success of and this so, COVID vaccine yeah. is completely unprecedented. It's, and so, it's, it's incredible. I just. Uh, yeah. So 
so anyway, yeah. Sorry, but I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, I just, I just really wanted to like be like a hype man for like the COVID vaccine. Like it's right. it's doing so good, yeah. and it's, it would be ridiculous. doing so much better if this was. Yeah, I you know I was yeah it's it's frustrating. It's a mess. Um, I'm gonna try to take us a little bit out of the COVID weeds if that's okay. Is that all right? It doesn't feel great being there. So, yeah, let's go somewhere else. That's just my life. Um, so, sure. So, um, if you feel up to it, there was one more question or, or, or thing I wanted you to riff on. Okay. Um, and that is so it, it uh, I'll set it up. There's sort of a, there's sort of two parts to it. So, because I've heard you talk about this concept a lot, which is, that the poison is in the dose. Oh yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of, a lot of people. I actually came across a name for this. Uh, it's sometimes referred to as chemophobia, and this isn't like a legit phobia. This is sort of, you know, it's just a way to just a name for this occurrence. Yeah. This phenomenon. Right. And and so it's people who are afraid of anything that is a quote-unquote chemical which of course is is fucking everything all of us yeah is everything literally everything is technically a chemical i guess technically atoms are not chemicals so but once you get to like cellular level or before that honey (laughs) um biologist i don't know (laughs) i mean fucking water is technically a chemical so you can overdose on water and so there you and go. That's really that's really what I really like to talk about when I talk about poison is in the dose. Right. Um people are adverse to a lot of things because of quote unquote chemicals or because of quote unquote toxins or quote unquote poisons. Um there's a lot of things that we know are poisons. There are the things that are very obvious poisons, arsenic. Um you don't drink bleach. Right. You don't, you know. Right, yeah. And, and, there's and, just there, stuff and, that we know that is poisonous regardless, that has the, like, right. symbols on the side, the stuff under your sink. Right. Then there, there are there are naturally, I don't know if y'all know this or not, there are naturally occurring plants that are also poisonous. Oh, extremely. Oleander is one yeah. of them. And these are natural. It's just ones off the top of my head. These are natural. Mother Nature put those there. Salvia. Yeah. I think you can smoke it and you get something. That goes back to it's like fake weed, right? Yeah, yeah. That's like the first part of our of the the pod. Not not to be confused with sativa, which is something different. That's 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 a strain of marijuana. No, salvia is like something that they used to sell in head shops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's also a bush with pretty flowers. Moving on. Moving on. Um, Literally anything can be a poison if you dose it correctly, and that's one of the most frustrating things that I see. It's a big. It's a really big part of the language used in like the food safety industry. They like to talk about pesticides. There's this organization that's the Environmental Working Group or something, EWG, that um, talks about the dirty dozen a lot, the people that use all the pesticides. And what they really do is they just list the pesticides that are used, but they never talk about the dose. And the dose mm-hmm. is really important because when you actually look at what pesticides are used on the produce that people are so worried about coming into their 
homes and their lives and their mouths and their kids' mouths, the dose is consistently well below the accepted high level. Pesticides are used in organic produce as well. That's not something that people are really aware of. I don't, I don't, the word organic is very insidious and very, it's very loaded these days. It's very loaded. Um, yeah. It's generally marketed towards, it's just a marketing ploy. But I, I don't want to digress over into nutrition because I'm not a nutrition expert. I'm not a food scientist. But what I will say is that the poison is in the dose. That phrase to me is really important because you can overdose on almost anything. You can take something as life-giving and important as water and you can absolutely drink too much of it and it's called fresh water drowning. Right, yeah. And this is different. This is not suffocation. No. Like no, no, is... no, 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 no. You can just drink so much water that you create an imbalance in the sodium and the chloride levels in your body that you die. Yeah, you can right. drown on dry land so, if you drink so, so much water. You're so with water. You, ha- you, have, <laughs> you have hypovolemia, hyponatremia, and it can cause you to die. Right. Um, right. You can overdose on, you know, people talk about poppy seeds having, like, they're, they're mm. the seeds from op- like it's a poppies. And opium is created from poppy seeds. Opium is, of course opiate it's a narcotic it's where morphine comes from if you eat a poppy seed bagel lemon poppy seed muffins are fucking they're so very good. delicious oh, it's not going to cause you to die from an opium overdose if you took like 16 bottles of just straight poppy seeds and ate them you might test positive for opiates on like a drug test i'm not sure if you would die you need a lot of that today. The, the the dose is so important, right? And so and so this this concept of the the poison being in the dose it goes both directions. As it does. Well. It absolutely so, does. Because a lot of times you hear people talk about uh, maybe mercury. Oh yes. Being present uh-huh. in something. Sure. Yeah. And fish. so. Right. Right. right Mercury is right. naturally occurring. Or, in a lot or of maybe fish. is mercury or some type of mercury compound used as like a binding agent in like some type of vaccines or, it or some used types to of be shots. and it's not anymore and okay. that's one of the big things that anti-vax community likes to talk about but it's no longer actually put in there so it's kind of a moot point it used to be at a safe dose it's been removed but because there's like probably something that can just do the job better yeah I whatever it was so well maybe that's not the best example but i guess like what i'm getting at is that um you know you can have something that is absolutely a poison and is used as a poison. That... Arsenic, for example, is present in apple seeds. Right. But if you ate your entire apple, core included, you won't die. Arsenic is also present naturally in rice. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure you can eat enough rice to die from arsenic poisoning. Right, right, right. Is there Are there any examples or, or, or like, and then also I think what's important is that this concept of that if you have the right dose of something, and I feel like you can kind of balloon this out and make sort of a a, a, a reductive galaxy brain sort of truism of it if you wanted to, but that the proper dose of something can be medicine, but whereas too much of it can be a poison. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Potassium chloride, first one that comes to mind. Potassium mm-hmm. chloride, the normal 
level of potassium chloride in our blood on a day-to-day basis is somewhere between 3.5 to 5.5 milliequivalents per deciliter. It's a pretty tight window. It's pretty small. If you go well below that or well above that, you're risking cardiac arrhythmias. You're risking death. Plain and simple. Right. If you and potassium chloride is what is present in the injection that they give people for the death penalty, because right. it kills you so quickly and so efficiently. Right. So potassium hyper. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just get so excited when a patient has like hyperkalemia, cardiac arrest, because I know exactly how to fix it. I know exactly what drugs to give to like reverse the process and pull all that potassium back and pull it back into the cells where it belongs so that it's not fucking with the like. Do you have to, is there ever instance where you have to give that? Oh, of course. Okay. okay, Yeah, absolutely. Somebody can come in with a potassium level of 1.9 and be on the verge of dying and I need to get them back to 3.5 as quick as possible. The same thing that, that you would give someone on death row to kill them. Yes. But you just give it in a smaller dose. I give it in a, a slower rate. It's the oh. rate that is so important. Okay. So in our ICU, we cannot give more than twenty milliequivalents of potassium intravenously per hour. Oh. I can give you like sixty orally because it takes a long time to absorb. Mm. That's getting into pharmacokinetics of intravenous versus oral, which is not the point of this podcast. <laughs> but but if you give if you give a drug IV, the getting all excited and knocking my headphones off. If you give a drug IV, you can assume that the effect is going to be pretty quick. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the dose. I mean, dose is involved in rate, but 20 milliequivalents per hour is considered the safe, acceptable rate to replace potassium. Right. Well, the, the rate is part of the dose. Exactly. You know, and it's not just a quantity. Correct. Um, like like your, your time. Your time is in yes. your per- you're per. You need that denominator. If I if I uh, push okay. 80 milliequivalents of KCL on a patient, I'm effectively killing them. Right. If I give them 20 immediately, I might be saving their life. Right. So it's and then and then I guess close. and if you give them 20 every two hours, that's exactly what I do. Or something. See, that's exactly I can, what I can I do. fucking do your job. You're a doctor. <laughs> Just pump my fucking dick full of blood. And let me at it. Is that all you need to do? It's all it's all you need. You either need to be a woman with like what however many bazillion years of education. Eight. Eight years of education, Post or you just school. need to be Or um, just a man with an erect penis for and com- many hours. Confidence, baby. And confidence. You just need to listen to a few podcasts, get that confidence going, get someone to throw some blood in your dick. And you're ready to medical. But yes, I mean, if I give, if I give calcium chloride too quickly, I can kill you. If I give calcium gluconate, much safer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and so it's just, it's just the way it's just chemistry. And, and I'm sorry that chemistry offends people. (laughs) Sorry. This shit is hard and that it has subtlety and layers. I'm sorry. It's a fucking science assholes. Uh, yeah, and I, I guess it's it sort of. I can I can give you twelve grams of magnesium, and you're probably going to survive, but have diarrhea. Mm-hmm. If I give you eighty milliequivalents of potassium right now, I'll kill you. Like it's just right. And 
I uh And it sounds it sounds so boring because if you just like take too many vitamins, it's like what's the big deal? But you have to know which vi- which vitamins are involved in like fat solubility versus like water solubility. I mean, it's sure. also it's like a the magnesium is a very mundane example too, right? Because it's like uh, what is the stuff called that you take for like it's a, it's a laxative? Oh, magnesium citrate. Yeah, yeah. Makes you, you shit that, your face out. Yeah, you just take that when you're constipated. <laughs> sure. And that's a thing that you just do. Uh huh. Everyone magnesia or whatever. Th- there you go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. There's a brand name, but I can't remember what it is. My is it Mylanta? Is that what it is? Mylanta, maybe. I don't care. I don't anyway. care. Maylox. Uh, Maylox is heartburn. You're a heartburn. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Oh, that was so sweet. Uh, anyway, yeah, this is a very mundane example that every, everybody does and has yeah. done, you know. Or like, if you like, you're like, yeah, I take calcium from my bones, like no big deal. Yeah. But it, like, if I if I deviate from calcium chloride to calcium gluconate in my like prescriptive authority in the hospital, I could end someone's could life accidentally. Right, and and if I was to, it would so. People who use this rhetoric and throw this rhetoric around, what's frustrating is that they they really seem to be infatuated with these ideas of it's very black and white, it's binary, and almost they're inf- they're infatuated with these ideas of almost like purity, in a sense. Like I don't like I don't want to drink that water that's been made impure with fluoride. I don't want to I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. And so it, it's it really. And so, like, I don't want, and and it and it's it's just it's just absolutely um, against how medicine works in this concept. It's against this concept that poisons in the dose because it it says that I don't want any of that because if any of it is poison, if any dose of it is poison, then all of it's poison. I don't want any of it. Right. And that's what's so frustrating because you know, like don't if- put any pesticides. On my, you know, don't put any pesticides on my this. Don't give me any, don't put any chemicals in my body because chemicals in a high dose can kill you and never mind, you know, and so small doses are just going to kill me slower. But all, but chemicals always kill is sort of this, is sort of, it seems to be the the assumptions that they're working from. And it neglects this. This is a, this is the correct axiom that poison is in the dose. Like, when you hear about the opioid and the opiate crisis mm-hmm. and people that are taking narcotics recreationally, um, if you come to me with chest pain and some shortness of breath, one of the first things I'm going to do is give you morphine because it vasodilates, it relaxes your blood vessels. It delivers oxygen to places that it wasn't getting to before that. We actually are using it a lot with COVID because it's allowing our patients with air hunger. That's what we call our COVID patients. They're are air they, hungry. Are they breathitarians? They're air hungry. This is and a so thing. We, Hold on. You're laughing like you think that I'm making something up right now. I'm not. Uh, I was just going to say they're oxygenarians. Uh, that's a better name. <laughs> Wait, are these? We'll we'll Google it later. I don't I don't know. Sounds like a episode of um like Futurama, really. No, I was gonna say that show <laughs> I can't remember the name of it, based in Seattle. Frasier? No, no. Friends? <laughs> no, after that, Seattle like the with um Fred Armisen. Oh, uh, Portland. That's it. Thank you. Is that that's Seattle? That was Portland. That's, yeah, I'm pretty that's sure that's in Portland. Not <laughs> Seattle. 
It's the Pacific Northwest. I'm going to go with Frazier on this one. Sorry, Farron. I know that you live in Seattle and I had that wrong. Portland is in Oregon. Not even the same state. What did I tell you about foreign policy? I live in Texas. Portland is basically foreign. not a different country. Close enough. Have you seen the weirdos in Portland? Listen, well be a different listen my friends my friends <sighs> in the Pacific Northwest can walk to their dispensary to buy their weed gummies. I do uh, live in a different country uh, from that. Texas <laughs> is about I, the closest to a different country. I can't take get. birth control well, right now because I might go to jail because the, I haven't had my period well, yet. The <laughs> thing that we both have in common is a long history of systemic racism, both of our illustrious states. Mm, 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 mm. Um, that is true. Yeah, like I think that Portland, like Oregon, was like the only state to actually outlaw black people living there. Something like that. So anyway, that's a whole other can of worms, guys. Yeah. That's that's a different pod. Yeah. <laughs> Something um, some egregious shit in the in the in yeah. the history of 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 uh of Oregon and the Portland area anyway. Um Breathitarians, oxygen deprived. Thank you. Hit him hit him with that morph. Right. So if I give, but we're not talking about COVID. If you come into me with like, if you're having a heart attack and I give you morphine, it's going to open up your blood vessels. It's going to get more oxygen to your heart. It's going to make you feel better. It's going to relax the rest of your body. It's going to let you breathe easier. It's going to help you. If I give you somewhere between two and six of morphine, two milligrams to six milligrams of morphine, that's what it will do for you. If I give you 14 milligrams of morphine, I'll kill you. Right. Yeah. Right. End of story. Like, that's, it's just, I, I don't know why there's this, like, like what, do, what do people that are so caught up on chemicals and poisons and toxins, what do they think we're doing in the hospital? Do well, they think we're just like waving wands around and like? Not not only that, but it really betrays like the whole way of thinking that you're describing. Mm-hmm. It really betrays just a lack of understanding of the world around you in general. Like if you're walking down the street and a car goes by, you're gonna breathe in exhaust. Right. You may not see it coming into your face, but it's it happening. Exists. Yeah. So what then? You're not breathing pure air. Of course. Are you just right. going to kill yourself right there? You fuck. What if what if I told you that the percentage of oxygen in this room was only 21%? I'd start choking to death cuz right. now <laughs> I know. That's, <laughs> but that's what we call room air in the yeah. hospital. Yeah. Right. 21% right. is perfect. Like sure. the it's just Yeah, you just yeah. don't like, the rhetoric well, of the, like the things that you choose to focus on and 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 pick out and worry about are so seemingly uh arbitrary. Yeah, 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 and and I mean, and it, to me, it, it also sort of violates a, a bigger, you know, just the, just sort of a, a kind of contextual intelligence, a kind of or contextual awareness, or just or just an acknowledgement that there's not really anything that's true all the time everywhere, right? Yeah, because if you are, I mean, if you take like an education format, right? Um, there are certain there are certain coaching or teaching techniques that are going to work in a in an MMA class that are not going to work in a college lecture. Like right. And and they shouldn't because they're different things. And and so yeah, they're both teaching 
right they're different things yes they're different things they're different environments there's different contexts there's different issues going on so someone coming in for a heart attack versus someone coming in for something else is going to need something different and you're going to have to well what are their actual potassium numbers right what does this individual person need i mean when i was teaching at a music school i would each each student is different and and what each student needs from me is different as a teacher, some students need me to be hard on them. They need me to push them. Um, some students do not need that, and it's just gonna—it's just gonna vary. And so this this sort of demand on a field that you don't understand, that you're also not even interested in, which that's a whole other separate soapbox of mine. Right. right. That's um, the thing is that I'm like extremely interested. It medicine. shows. It shows in how you speak about it yeah. that that you find this fascinating, and it's a thing that it's. A, so uh, I'm sorry, but here we fucking go. So something that would really, really just drives me insane. It hasn't happened in a while because these motherfuckers aren't. These motherfuckers have other things to talk about, so they're not fucking talking about quantum mechanics anymore because they don't want to talk about. They don't want to give science any plus one points um, because then they might have to give biochemistry. Or medicine, some plus one points, but I would get so goddamn frustrated because people will find out I'm a that I have physics a physics degree, and they want to come and talk to me about some fucking YouTube videos that they watched, and want to tell me about how they think they solved that wave particle duality, or want to <laughs> talk to me about how like oh okay so probabilistic mechanics that means that even it's it's possible that a pink elephant could appear right now in this room. Like, that's not what that fucking means. And then you try to explain it, and this is what is so frustrating about it. Like, I was interested enough in physics to goddamn go into debt and fucking study this shit for five years. You're not interested in it. You were interested in it to watch a YouTube video, feel special, and now you want to fucking come at me with all this bullshit. Also, and and you're not you're not even interested in it. You're not you're like your own you're not interested in science. You're interested in scientists being wrong. And fuck you. And sorry. Like, so no, that, that is a very interesting <laughs> thing that has happened uh with like YouTube videos, for example. Mm-hmm. Where something that you need a lot of uh, Are you are you coming back? Let me find out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. Something that you need, a, uh, something that complicated that you need a lot of context for. You need a lot years of years of context. To- a lot, <laughs> a ton, a shitload of of pre what's what's the word pre knowledge of I guess right pr- prior knowledge of sure um to be able to to understand and and actually have coherent opinions about something like that can be presented to you in a way that makes it more mm-hmm. interesting than mm-hmm. sitting through those years and years of courses and books and maybe in a way that's slightly more digestible, but you, but that doesn't mean that you understand it. Right. And that was actually something that I realized when I was giving presentations, when I was presenting my research around, mm-hmm. was I realized that my job was not to teach people my job was to make people feel as though they had learned. Your job from from your perspective or from the, the administration's perspective? Uh, I'm just talking about 
um, I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about my job as a teacher. I'm talking about whenever, um, when you are trying to give a good presentation, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm at a conference and I'm presenting my research to okay. non-physicists. Okay. I got you. I don't need to teach them physics. I need to make them feel as though they've learned. I need to make them walk away from that going like, I, I felt like I understood. So, oh, okay. Because I just want them to think that I'm a really good speaker. I just want them to be really, <laughs> right. I just want them to think that I'm a good edutainer. You know what I mean? I want them to be impressed by me. I want them to have enjoyed that time. Thanks for coming to my TED talk. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I'm not trying to change. I'm not trying to like really teach them. You're Um, not trying to recruit and and bolster the ranks of physics academia. Right. I, I mean, because if that was the case, then it would be like, all right, well, fuck my research. Now that I have y'all here, I'm really going to, I, I really want to make sure everyone understands uh, light and electromagnetic waves because I want you to understand that X rays and microwaves and gamma rays and the light in the visible spectrum and infrared and all that radio waves, that it's all the same shit. And so, fuck my research. That's not important. You're not going to understand. You're not going to care anyway. I, but if y'all walk out of here with this one. I'm going to take 15 minutes, and if you we're going to walk out of here and everyone's going to really own this, mm-hmm. then you're not going to be able to be tricked by the by people slinging conspiracies about 5G. <laughs> right. Um, because you're going to understand that you're constantly bathed in electromagnetic radiation. Yes. Because anything that has temperature emits radioactive radiation, emits radiation in the electromagnetic spectrum. You just can't see it because our eyes can only see in the visible spectrum. It's a tiny, right. tiny piece. But anyway. So you know when you get a song stuck in your head, it's because the radio waves are coming through your mind. And vibrating. Right, yeah. Vibrating uh-huh. your, your brainicles. Uh-huh. Um, so, but yeah, but that but that whole that whole thing, right, of... And I say this as somebody who watches a shitload of those types of videos on YouTube. Yeah. But I understand that that isn't the entirety of that subject. Exactly. Yeah. 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 You're not an authority on it now. Right. Like you don't, you know what I mean? And, and, and especially, I mean, this is true across all disciplines. Um, because there's a link, there's a language of, of principles. There's a language of con of concepts that you have to be able to speak. It's a little more explicit in physics because you have to be able to, because the way that the knowledge of physics is conveyed is through the language of mathematics and you can't fucking talk mathematics like you you have like you can't it doesn't work that way <laughs> that is a visual you know and so you're not going to be able to any understanding you have of physics that doesn't involve mathematics is is like secondary it's tertiary it's 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 interpreting you know it's it's reading a review of the music instead of listening to the music. <laughs> I like that. So if you have only ever listened to, if you've only ever listened to things about physics, but you've never dug into the mathematics of it, that's kind of like only reading record reviews or only listening to record reviews and never listening to the music. Mm. You know, so, but all that to wrap that up, you know, like this idea of being, 
Like you're not interested in science. You're not interested in these concepts. You're not interested in biology. You're not interested in how this fucking, you know, how this, how our bodies work, you know, and how, and how these chemicals interact with our biology. You're not interested in that. You're just interested in people that, in people that you've been told to listen to being wrong. Mm. It's just about taking a hierarchy and flipping it upside down. You just, you just, you know, you still believe in hierarchies. You just, you just want, you just want to flip it upside down. You know, anyway, I got on my soapbox. People like to be contrarian. I guess that's one way to say it too. People do like that. So. They think they're um, special. Yeah. So anyway, um, is there anything? Anything else anyone wants to add? You got something? I got all kinds of stuff, but we ain't got time for that. <laughs> we'll pick one of them. No, we no, we just no, we're good. We're good. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna make you pick one. I'd make you pick a thing. Or were you or were you making a joke? Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, you're lying to me. <laughs> <laughs> I still I can't. A little of both. I he's don't so even know he's anyone. so wily, Robert. You can't you can't you can't <laughs> pit him down. A trickster. Yeah, you can't pit him down. Um all right. Well, if no one has any other any objections? <laughs> Overruled. Overruled. Just uh, <laughs> get vaccinated, and if you uh, yeah. are, if you're worried or you have questions, and uh, I don't know, fucking talk to your doctor. Or call me. <laughs> Text me. Hit me up. <laughs> I, I, in all seriousness, though, if you actually have like a legitimate concern or a worry. If you're pregnant, if you're trying to conceive, if you're immunocompromised, if you have had bad reactions to vaccines before, I have a lot of good resources to share with you. So if anybody is listening to this that has made it this far in and hasn't turned me off, um, I I really will help if you have real questions. If you want to fight, then fucking go pound your head into the pavement. Love you. All right, guys. Adios. Perfect. Thanks.